my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Tanner fans, Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Well, today I'm bringing you the first of four episodes, four back to school episodes. This is the back to school series part three. How did I get here? <laughs> all right, I hope all of you had a wonderful August and now it looks like it's back to school time. So, Actually, what I'm doing this time around, I'm splitting the four back-to-school episodes over the course of September and October. So in September, the first episode I'm doing is from Season 3. It's Episode 4 entitled, Nerd for a Day, which aired on October 13th, 1989. And at the end of September, I will be covering A Pinch for a Pinch. From season four. Also, I believe from season four is Working Girl, where DJ gets a job and her grades start to slip. A pinch for a pinch. Jesse takes Michelle to preschool. He ends up helping out and he ends up pulling Michelle out of preschool. If you think it's bad then, just wait till Jesse does that. In season 8 with Nikki and Alex when he pulls them out of preschool because they won't kiss and hug him goodbye. And he attempts to homeschool them. You want to know what's funny? He stops. Like, okay, enough with letters. We're done with learning letters after the letter A. Oh my goodness gracious sake. It's crazy, I tell ya. <laughs> I think I covered that one in Back to School Part 1. I'm pretty sure. And of course, to round out the Back to School series part three, finishing it off with Stephanie Gets Framed with a special appearance from Steve Urkel from Family Matters. Exactly. That character comes all the way from Chicago to give Stephanie advice once she has to start wearing glasses. Yep. All right, so let's focus on Nerd for a Day. As I said, this aired October 13th, 1989. In this episode, Stephanie and the rest of her class get detention for calling classmate Walter, quote-unquote, duck face. Uncle Jesse says being nice to people is important and makes her call Walter to apologize. Unfortunately, Walter takes this to mean Stephanie is his girlfriend and she suggests being his quote-unquote, secret girlfriend, instead of rejecting him outright and hurting his feelings. Well, Steph, you kind of opened another can of worms there, sweetie. <laughs> you made it a lot worse. Well, you know, on the, on the one hand, Jesse is the one that says, now tell him he's a very nice boy, and that, like, clicks with Walter, and he just assumes, she thinks I'm a nice boy. That means she wants to be my girlfriend. Oh, my God. Yeah. Whew. These kids, I swear, they're only in second grade, but boy, did they move fast. 
<laughs> also, this is the very last appearance we will ever get of Harry, Stephanie's friend. And boy, does this kid, he is very jilted. He is very jaded. He is very angry at this version of Harry. What happened? Apparently, Stephanie dropped him. Why? We don't know. Because we know Stephanie doesn't really have any other friends until... I mean, I guess you could count Rita in Season 5, but... I honestly would say, like, Mickey in Season 7 and then Gia. I mean, think about it. That You're going from Season 3 all the way to Season 7. That's four, that's four years without Stephanie having a regular reoccurring best buddy. Granted, I believe Harry came on in Season 2, but even still, I don't know. Alright, the next day, when her friends come over to work on a school project, Walter shows up just before everyone else and they find him holding her hand. If anything solidifies a school romance, it's the hand holding. If you want to make it look like you're with somebody, you're holding their hand. And everyone is seeing it. That makes it a fit. Yeah. As always, I love... To read the DVD synopsis, the DVD case synopsis, to see sometimes they are hit and miss. They can be really good or they can be like, who wrote that one? Ugh. But this one says, please don't tease! Exclamation point, exclamation point. When she mocks a classmate, Stephanie learns, excuse me, that making fun of someone isn't funny. No, it's not. I can tell you that right now from being on the end of that. Being the one who is made fun of. It's not funny. It is downright hurtful. And honestly, I would even say that is very, could lead to something very deadly. I know I went dark there for a minute, but it's true. We live in an age where kids can't, you can't just go home and get away from the teasing because... Now kids can attack each other verbally through social media. When I was a kid, I could get away from it by coming home. I didn't have people calling me up and teasing me and this and that. But this bullying is a very, very serious crime. I'm going to call it a crime because it is. You know, it's absolutely heartbreaking. I know bullying has gone on for centuries and everything, but it still does not make it okay. Using power over someone to intimidate them, it's just, it's, it's, it's wrong. It's cruel and it's inhuman. So, alright, on that note, this episode has a 6.9 out of 10 based on 246 ratings. Let's look at the cast list. We have Whit Hertford, also known as Whitby Hertford. He plays Walter. If you've seen the 1993 Jurassic Park movie, you would recognize this kid as the one that talks to Sam Neill at the dinosaur dig in the beginning of the movie. We also have... Max Alexander is Dr. Ruben 
Winnegar. I'm guessing that's his name. Also, Whit Hertford. I totally... <laughs> when I started watching Glee, I believe that his character's name was Dakota Stanley in season one. And at first, I thought it was the kid <laughs> who played... Um, 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 what the heck was his name? The crime allowed. Yeah, the kid who played Isaac in Children of the Corn. That, you know, small guy. But I look at him like, oh my gosh, Walter. That was Walters. Played Dakota Stanley in season one of, of Glee. He was, a. Uh, choreographer that they hired I guess so we also like I said have the last appearance of Nathan Nishiguchi who plays Harry we have Malachi Pearson who will show up at least one more time he plays Brian Kagan and he also will be playing Brian Kagan again in Adventures in Babysitting. I will be covering that episode and the Adventures in Babysitting series that I plan to do. It'll be interesting uh, to know, interesting, in, ba, 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 interested to know <laughs> if you don't already. Malachi Pearson voiced this Friendly Ghost. Yes, he voiced Casper in 1995's Casper alongside Christina Ricci. Of course, if you're a teen, you were a teen girl in 1995, 96, 97, 98, you were just there to see Casper in human form, played by Devin Sawa, for only, like, less than five minutes of screen time, but I was there for it. Malachi Pearson did do a good job, I will say that. He did a very good job, and you can definitely, when you listen to his voice in this episode, you'll get the Casper vibes, definitely. We have Jenny Drugan as Lori. She also plays another of Stephanie's classmates, also same with Brian Kagan and Harry. And we have Paul Wright III, band member, Jesse and the Rippers. Okay, looks like Jesse possibly could be performing in this episode. All right, cool, cool. Can never get enough of Jesse's covers because we know he never sings anything original. All right, directed by Bill Foster, writers Jeff Franklin, creator, and Leonard Rips, but was credited as Lenny Rips during... The course of the show. Ooh, we got some connections. Cool. The Wizard of Oz. Danny says, Dorothy was right. There's no place like home. Zorba the Greek. Jesse says he was teased as a child and that the kids in school called him Zorba the Geek. Ah, okay. Let's see here. <clears throat> Excuse me. It is currently 8.27 in the morning, and I am recording this on my 39th birthday. Happy birthday to me. My first as a Texan. Yeah. Yep. I had a fun day planned. I'm going to go to Barnes & Noble. What's fun about my birthday being on a Tuesday, which is funny because I was born on a Tuesday. <laughs> but it's also... Tuesday is a day they release books, and there are some books out there that are being released today that I want to get, and then have Jeremy give me to me for my birthday. 
So, yeah, I'm going to do that. Um, I'm going to go... See, I was going to see a movie today, but I'm like, you know, I actually made an appointment with... I, I might have already brought this up in a previous episode of something that has yet to be released. I can't remember. I made an appointment with a psychic. I actually, um, two years ago, I did that for the first time. And I just thought, you know, I'm here. I'm in Texas. There's a psychic. I'm like, why not? You know, why not? See, you know, what they have. Let's, fingers crossed, it's all good news, right? Let's hope so. (laughs) And yeah, I am back. I actually went to Michigan for a week. So, had a good time. Got to see my sister. Got to go out on a pontoon boat. That was fun. Got to see my grandma. She's doing all right right now. She did actually move to an assisted living center the weekend that I was there, so... Got to sleep in my old teenage bedroom for four days. That was pretty cool. So my mother-in-law, we watched um, Sleepless in Seattle. I have not seen Sleepless in Seattle in a long, long time. But all right. So back to trivia. There really isn't much other than the one-minute version of the theme song is used. And spoiler, this is the last episode where Michelle sleeps in a crib. Well, if that is the case, then I'm guessing the next episode after this has got to be Granny Tanny. Because that is when it sure is, which I did, whoopsie. I covered Granny Tanny, um, yeah, that was last September, wasn't it, for Grandparents Day? I covered that one, I also covered The Return of of Grandma, I believe I covered The Last Dance, that was another episode for Grandparents Day that I covered. Alright, so we do have one review. This is by Mitch RMP. This is from April 11, 2014. 7 out of 10, titled Going Quackers. <laughs> How creative. That's right, because hence the duck. The duck face. Okay. This is another memorable episode for me. Stephanie comes home from school and tells Uncle Jesse and Joey all about her day. Then lets it slip that she was punished. Yeah, I love how she just adds that in, like, real quickly and then turns around and zips back upstairs. Like, it's no big deal. Like, it happens all the time. Jesse makes her tell the whole sordid story about how she and her friends made fun of Walter by treating him like a duck. Jesse is very upset with her and makes her call Walter and apologize. But Walter mistakes her apology as something else. Things get a bit messy. The side story is too silly to really get into. Jesse is going to be on Danny's show, but they get into an argument on live television. Wait, I thought it was Joey that was going to be... Yeah, I thought... Yeah, I think it was Joey. Naturally, the story of Walter is my favorite. Thus begins another supporting character on the show. Um, I can tell you definitely that the boy who plays Walter is in at least two more episodes. Mr. Egghead, which I have not covered yet. And... Divorce Court. He and the boy who plays Jimmy, who would later, the boy who plays Jimmy would later go on to star in a TV show version of the film Harry and the Hendersons. And I swear I am covering that on my podcast, on the Looking Back on My Wonder Years podcast, because I love that movie. It was really funny because we had a cassette tape. I don't know where it came from, but it had Harry and the Hendersons, and right after it, it had Cujo. 
So it's like whenever I think of Harry and the Hendersons, Harry and the Hendersons, I always associate that with Cujo. That's <laughs> oh, really weird, I know. All right, before I get officially into the episode, I want to let you Tanner newbies. I want to say welcome aboard. I also want to say thank you so much for all you Tanner regulars that tune in each week or twice a month to the podcast. Thank you so, so much. But for you Tanner newbies out there, I want to let you know where you can find the podcast on social media. Has its own Facebook page. Just type in Full House Podcast or Fuller House Podcast, the only Atlanta Holy Tulupas podcast will show up. Also on Instagram at OMHC Full House Fuller House Podcast and Twitter OMHC Full House. If you're enjoying the podcast and you want to show support for the podcast, I don't do Patreon, so I'm not asking for money. I just ask for a minute of your time. Jump on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and type in Full House Podcast or Fuller House Podcast. As I said, the Oh My Lanta Holy Chalupas podcast will show up. Scroll down to where it says leave a review and leave a review. Have fun with it. Use emojis. Somebody actually did that and used emojis for the characters and made me guess, based on these emojis, which character they're referring to. I got some of them right and some of them wrong. I will tell you that right now. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, every five-star review the podcast gets helps it get more noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. Also, if you want to feel included on the podcast, if you want to tell me about your favorite Full House memories, characters, Fuller House memories and characters, top five worst episodes, top five best episodes of either show or a character, I want to hear about, if you think you can write an episode better or you have an idea for, let's say you have an idea for if there had been a season nine of Full House or a season six and beyond of Fuller House, and you, like, have an idea of where you think the characters would be later on. I want to hear about it. I really want to hear about it. So send me an email at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. I always leave the email address in the episode description. Also, if you want, you can message me on the Facebook page or Instagram or Twitter. Whatever you want to do. Also, another thing about this podcast, if you're a Tanner newbie, this is a clean, family-friendly podcast that you can listen to out loud without feeling you have to turn down the volume because I'm throwing F-bombs out there. The only F-bombs I'm throwing out are (laughs) family-friendly. So, yeah. And you can listen to it with your kids. I wanted this to be a podcast where family can listen to it together on a road trip or a trip to the grocery store. I'm always listening to my iPod or my iPhone listening to podcasts when I get my groceries. Trust me, yes, I get a lot of weird looks looks when I'm busting a gut laughing at something. It's like, come on, look, that's not in my ears. What do you think I'm doing? I'm listening to a podcast. It's funny. <laughs> so, yeah. Also, another thing that sets us apart from different Full House podcasts and Fuller House podcasts is that I don't go in chronological uh, episode or season order. 
I wanted to go by either character or theme. I've in January I usually reserve that for Jesse. I've done Jesse and Becky the Love Series. I've done Jesse and Becky the Next Chapter New Parents. In January, I'm going to be doing Jesse and the Girls. So it'll feature an episode of Jesse and DJ, Jesse and Stephanie, Jesse and Michelle. Also, in February, I did one for Valentine's Day. This next February coming up, I'm going to do Dating Disasters series where the guys are going out on dates and it just doesn't work out. So we got Joey with his old flame, Patricia. We have Sea Cruise. I'm just throwing these off the top of my head. Uh, triple Date. And <laughs> of course, the episode with Danny and Stephanie's dance teacher. <laughs> and I'm blanking on the episode as we speak. Right now, that, that is kind of a rough draft, but I think that's kind of the area that I want to go into, so. Also, aside from the Back to School episodes for September and October, I will be covering this month Joey's Place for Dave Coulier's birthday and The Volunteer in honor of Alzheimer's Day this September. So look forward to that. In October, Elias Harger's birthday, he plays Max Fuller on Fuller House. I will be covering basic training where Max gets to skip a grade and things don't go well for him when he starts middle school. He tries to reinvent himself and it just doesn't work out. We also learn how DJ and Kimmy became friends. It wasn't just because they lived right next door to each other. No, no, no. There's some... There's some history there. There, It's a very interesting dynamic of how these two girls were put together. And boom, they became friends. So, yep, just look forward to that in October. And still deciding what I'm going to do for the remainder of November and December. Let me ask you this. Would you, the listeners, like if I covered... I have two separate series of serious episodes. Would, even though November is a holiday month with Thanksgiving and everything, and the serious episodes kind of feel like a little downer-ish, would you be cool if I covered the serious episodes part one in November? If so, reach out to me uh, through email, through Facebook and let me know. Otherwise, I can always hold off till 2022. Fact, now that I think about it, maybe I should. Maybe I should do something, you know, lighthearted for the remainder of, you know, November and December. We'll see. I have so many different series of episodes lined up. So, all right, without further ado, before we get into the episode proper. We need to go through the fun little golden beautiful nugget of the cold open. Okay, I'm sorry guys, real quick, before I jump into the cold open, I totally missed the goofs. In the previous episode, breaking up is hard to do in 22 minutes. Stephanie lost her tooth, but in this one she still has her tooth. 
Well, maybe it grew back fast. Who knows? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that was under continuity. This is next one is under audio visuals unsynchronized. When Michelle greets the stuffed animals, her mouth doesn't move when she says hi to the pink bear. Another continuity issue here. When Jesse calls Walter so Steph can apologize to him, he only dials five digits on the phone. I was going to say, even without the area code, a phone number is still seven numbers. <laughs> All right, here we go. We got the cold open. Joey is, like, he's like laying on the couch. Michelle comes in with this lavender colored Fisher Price car. And she comes there, stops and says, car broken. Joey jumps out of off the couch, runs over to Michelle. He's like, all right, let's see what we got going on here. So he puts one hand on her back and one on her tummy and kind of like lately jiggles her. She, I don't rubs her tummy. I don't know. But she goes, it's almost like he's lightly patting her back. And Joey surmises, it's broken. All right. So he picks up her arm and starts, like, pretending like he's, like, tightening a screw and where her armpit would be. <laughs> it's kind of weird. And he puts oil in her by, like, squeezing her bicep. It's just, it's goofy. I was like, oh, all right, try it again. He puts a hand on her stomach again and <laughs> rubs her tummy. And she goes, eh, vroom, vroom. It's like, all right. And she says, thank you, Joey. And she gets ready to go. And he puts a hand on the back of the car and says, wait a minute, lady. You forgot to pay your bill. And I love how Michelle's already got her lips, like, puckered up like she's going to give him a kiss. She says, thank you, Joey. And she kisses him on the cheek. And he says, here's your change. And gives her a kiss. And off she goes. Vroom, vroom. And she runs that little car into the bottom step of the stairs leading up to the front door. And she stops looks back at Joey. And he just puts his hands like, I don't know. And that was the cold open. I mean, it was very, very short, straight to the point. It was cute. I like their moments. It's adorable. I mean, if I had to choose between the Jesse and Michelle moments versus Joey and Michelle, I'd probably go with Jesse. I mean, Joey and Michelle's are, are cute. <laughs> Car broken. Car broken. Uh oh. Well, let's check it out. See what we got here. Yeah, it's broken. All right. Okay. Well, this is loose. We'll we'll tighten that up. And this needs a little oil. Okay. We'll try it again. Wait a minute, lady. You forgot to pay your bill. Sorry. Here's your change. Mm -hmm. Alright, so we come out of the intro. We are downstairs in Joey's basement bedroom. It's not really an apartment. It's just a bed, a bedroom, and a little bathroom off to the side. So, of course, at this point in time, season three, Joey and Jesse are jingle writers. They're doing the Pounds Away Diet 
drink jingle. Oh, diet center jingle, not a diet drink. Okay. He's like, all right, let's try that again one more time. But this time I got a little addition. Oh, yes. Let's add the adorable child in there because nothing beats a jingle like a little kid being thrown into the mix and making it super adorbs. Like, all right, everyone got their parts? And, he, and Jesse goes, one, two. And Michelle says, buckle my shoes. So J Jesse has to run over to her real quickly. No, Michelle, like we practice, okay? When I point to you, you do your part, okay? <laughs> and she, he says, got it, babe? And she says, got it, dude. So Jesse goes, like, all right, one, two, three. And then it's a song that is, it's a jingle for this thing set to the song of... She'll have fun, fun, fun till her daddy takes a T-bird away or something. That Beach Boys song, yeah. And that's pretty much how the song starts, as they start singing, well, she got her daddy's car, and she cruised right by the hamburger stand. That isn't, that's, like, basically the exact lyric to that song. And the guy, the backup, I guess if you want to call them backup singers or whatever, they're, like, if she loses weight, she'll look really great. You see... Would this, just throwing it out there, would this be acceptable today? A song was basically saying, oh, you're you're fat, you should go and lose weight, and you, you'll look really great if you're thin, and oh, you should, I, I don't know, I mean, would that tactic, that approach saying, oh, if you work out, you'll look great, you won't look fat anymore, or something to that effect, would that... Or would that be deemed as, like, that's too harsh, you need to tone it down, just say, to improve your health. So you're not flat out calling someone fat. You're not, this is basically making fun of, you know, how someone looks like, oh, you're, you're heavy. You want to look good? Go loose. That kind of stuff. That, that's harsh. That's, I, yeah, you just say better, like, for your health. For your physical, you know, and mental health. Come to our center and we will help you take care of yourself. So you're not really saying it's about the physical. It's about taking care of your inside. To Yeah. Song really honestly, I feel it's all about fat shaming. It's all it, it really honestly looking back at it now. I mean, I you know, growing up in the 90s, you know, and you out there that did grow up at this time, this really did these things affect us then like they seem to affect everyone now. I, I don't know, it really. I mean, I was seven watching this, I don't think I was thinking, oh, they're fat shaming with the song. And Jessie adds the lyrics, she threw away the milkshake and the donuts that she had in her hand now. So they make it sound like this lady is just binge eating. Like, oh, you need to go to the center so they can help you not do that. So you can have a healthy lifestyle. And Jessie adds, well, they keep saying if she loses weight, she'll look really great. And Jessie says, as she looked in the mirror, she drove to pounds away as fast as she can now. He goes, so Jesse goes over to Michelle and starts tickling her. And she's like, she just starts laughing. It's so adorable. Are they recording this or is this just a rehearsal session? And of course, the 
rest of the song. And she'll lose tons, tons, tons if she signs up today at Pounds Away. Just the name Pounds Away just sounds like a really... It sounds... They could have come up with something better. Yeah, and then they add... If you sign up today at Pounds Away, you won't be fat no more. And then Jessie points to Michelle and she goes, wait, you know, waves bye-bye, like, bye-bye fat, bye-bye fat. Maybe they feel if they throw a child in the mix saying, bye-bye fat, bye-bye fat, it will sound less critical. I, I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, it's just them. They have this account for Pounds Away. It's a jingle. You know, the place can say, I hate it, try again, or, well, I don't like it. We'll go with someone else. I don't know. None of these four men that he's got with him for the jingle. Because, you know, the Rippers, Jesse's band, they all have day jobs. That Jesse and the Rippers is kind of like a, a hobby for them. It's just something they do in, you know, their spare time. <laughs> but he must just bring on, like, he, you know, unless the company... Well, no, because... I thought Jesse and Joey are kind of doing their own thing, or is this straight up from Mr. Mr. Malatesta just providing, you know, people for backup? I don't know. I don't know. We're moving on. Okay. Here we go. Listen to this jingle, and you tell me what you think. Would this fly today, or would it be a no, 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 no? All right, boys, let's try that Pounds Away Diet Center jingle one more time, but this time I got a little addition, Okay. Here we go. Everybody got the parts? One, two. Look at my shoes. No, Michelle. Like we practiced, okay? When I point to you, you do your part. Got it, babe? Got it, Jude. Here we go. One, two. One, two, three. Well, she got her daddy's car and she cruised right by the hamburger stand she now. She weight now. she look really great. She threw away the milkshake and the donuts that she had in her hand she now. She loses weight now. she look really great. And when she looked in the mirror, she drove the pounds away as fast as she can she now. She loses tons, tons, tons. If she signs up today, it pounds away. Tons, tons. If she signs up today, it pounds away. You won't be fat no more. Bye, bye, fat. Sign up today, it pounds away. You won't be fat no more. Bye, bye, fat. Ooh. Bye, bye, fat. Ooh. Bye, bye, fat. Yeah! Okay. Good job, fellas. Yeah. I'll work on your hair. Well, Joseph, you think that motivates people to go on a diet? Hey, it works for me. Let's go get some pizza. <laughs> <laughs> These four men, we have one black guy, and then we have three dark-haired mullety. The mullets are flying high with a three out of four. And, and Jesse is interesting. Fix your hair, by the way. Their hair, their hair is fine. It's 89 still. It's not 90. Rock those mullets until you can't rock them no more. Hey, once the 90s hit, mullets, boom, go. Bye. Bye-bye, mullets. 90s has no place for mullets. 90s is all about the middle parts, everybody. <laughs> so the four men leave, and Jesse's like, Hey, Joey, what would you think of that jingle? Was it good? All right, great. And Joey says, works for me. Let's go get some pizza. <laughs> so, so here comes DJ to talk about what her English assignment is. 
She, this sounds like the simplest assignment ever. Like, the teacher was not even trying. Like, uh, for tomorrow's assignment, for this, yeah, just follow someone in your family around for a day and write a report and hand it in. Simple, simple. Yep, follow someone around, write a report about what they do. So, of course, you know Jesse and Joey are like, hmm, I wonder which one of us she might uh, want to shadow for the day. And Joey asks, great, who are you going to pick? And you think that <laughs> she picks Joey because DJ says, someone who's interested in nothing but fun and toys. And Jesse says, ah, oh, must be Joey. <laughs> he lightly smacks Joey on the face. And DJ says, no, Michelle. I love how DJ goes over Michelle and actually asks Michelle... Michelle, do you mind if I follow you and observe what you do all day? It's fine with Michelle. She says, okay, come with me. And DJ asks, where are we going? And Michelle turns around as she's walking on the stairs and says, my room now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, the demands of a three-year-old. <laughs> And DJ says, observation number one, subject has an attitude. <laughs> hey, DJ, how's school today? Great. Listen to my English homework. All I have to do is observe a member of my family for one day and then write a report about what they do. Great. Who are you going to pick? Someone who's interested in nothing but fun and toys. Must be Joey. <laughs> no, Michelle. Michelle, do you mind if I follow you around and observe what you do all day? Okay, come with me. Where are we going? My room now. <laughs> Observation number one. Subject has an attitude. So yeah, as DJ's heading up the stairs to follow Michelle, here comes Stephanie saying, Hi everyone, I'm home. And then she stands between the two stairways, one going up to the kitchen and the other one that literally goes nowhere. It's just there for decoration. She says, I got kept after school today. She says that she had to sit at her desk with her head down and the lights off. Then she says, I wasn't allowed to say a word for 15 minutes. That's a new record for me. And then she turns around and zips upstairs. I'd be like, okay, you can't just come down there, drop a bomb like that, and just leave like it's no big deal. Because you know they're like, whoa, wait a minute. As they follow her upstairs. Yeah, she says, that's a new record for me. See you, boys. She smiles, turns around, and zips back upstairs. Luckily, the guys are not really that distracted. They're more perplexed and confused because Stephanie really is not one that she gets punished at school. I mean, sure, there's that later with which I'll cover and Stephanie gets framed when she takes all the Joey's joke glasses to school. But yeah, you know they're going to jump on this. Like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Come back here. She is literally hightailing it. As soon as the guys get to the top of the stairs in the kitchen, she's hightailing it. She is like ready to zip into the living room upstairs. It's almost like she thought she'd drop this bomb and try to get upstairs to her room as fast as she can. Like, she just decided, I'm just going to rip the band-aid off, announce what happened, why I'm late, and then boom, bing, up to my room. 
Oh, never mind. She isn't running up to her room. She's running. She casually just well, let me get a beverage here because I know they're going to want to give me a lecture and find out why I was kept after school. And she's pulling out a glass of juice. It honestly looks like a glass of cough medicine <laughs> that's been kept in the refrigerator. Or like an early glass version of that vitamin water stuff. Because Jesse asks, well, why were you kept after school? And she's like, oh, well, some kids were calling Walter Berman Duckface. I love how she doesn't include herself. Jesse actually has to ask, has to ask, well, were you one of these kids? Then it's like she tries to, like, include, well, I mean, it wasn't just me. It was the entire class. Okay, I definitely, if I haven't said this already, I think Jesse so far is going to get the worst outfit award for the episode because he is wearing navy blue pants with suspenders and a royal, I'm just going to straight up call this royal blue turtleneck. You guys know, if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know my feelings on turtlenecks. Yes, I had to wear a turtleneck when I was like seven or eight. Or 10 years. I I think I even, there's another school picture of me at first sixth grade wearing a turquoise colored turtleneck. But anyway, anyway, we're not talking about me. We're talking about Jesse and his turtleneck and how much I really don't think they're good. They're not, to me, it's not a good look at all. Mock turtlenecks, turtle turtlenecks, just no. You know, I should research and find out how turtlenecks got their name. I don't know. But the suspenders, that's another thing that I just, I mean, I at one point did wear suspenders maybe once in my life when I was, you know, small. And I just, it's not a good combination on Jesse. It just really isn't. Jesse really feels like he has taken a personal hit with Stephanie just... She's being so nonchalant, like it's not a big deal that she was teasing this child. Like, well, it wasn't me. It was the entire class. We were all doing it. And Jesse is right to be angry. He says, that's no excuse, young lady. They call her young lady a lot. And with Danny not in the home right now, he's working. It's up to Jesse and Joey to discipline Michelle. And you clearly... We know Joey is more of the jokester. That's how he really got through. I mean, we saw how well he handled... I haven't covered it yet. I will cover it in the best friend segment. When Joey, at age 10 or 12, is defending Danny to a bully, Joey uses comedy as a way to adverse from getting bullied. It's, It's like a defense mechanism. But Jesse clearly is coming from a place of he was teased as a child. And yeah, he's taking it personally. It's like the fact that my niece, someone who's related to me, just takes this teasing someone like it's not a big deal because everyone else was also doing it. Okay, and it gets worse. She says, well, if you saw Walter, you'd call him Duckface too. I don't care if he has the head of Donald Duck. I ain't calling him Duckface. What is wrong with you, young lady? I'm sorry, but that is inexcusable. Granted, in a way, I mean, yes, 
Stephanie does get teased by the other kids later. So she does get kind of, it's almost a dose of her own medicine being thrown back at her. But at least now she's seeing it from the other side of the spectrum. She's always making these duck lips, she says, which is basically she's puckering her lips. Isn't that a thing with like the teenage girls that are always making the pouty duck face lips or something on the the Snapchat and the, the Instagram and the what have you and the pouty like they're trying to be seductive. I mean, not in Walter's case. This was not that's not why he was doing it. For all we know for Walter, this is just who he is. And this is how, you know, it could be a facial tick. We don't know that. We don't know. And just this really proves a point that kids, even at a very young, maybe even younger than Stephanie, take something about another person and use it to verbally attack them even to the point of physically attacking them because she and the other kids started throwing bread at this child apologize if it sounds like i'm shrieking into the microphone because my my rage levels are just <sighs> speaking from someone who also got teased as a child yes i do take this very personally joey you're not helping as Joey says, <laughs> kid sounds like a quack up. <laughs> and Jesse gives Joey a look as in, you're not helping the situation. And then Stephanie goes into, oh my gosh, you should have seen it. The whole class was flapping their arms like, quack, and go, you know, doing little duck walk. Quack, 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 quack. Oh my gosh, I just realized Stephanie is also wearing suspenders. This is a suspenders-filled episode. She stops when she sees that even Joey now isn't laughing. They're just kind of glowering at her like, you know better than to do this. And then she just chalks it up to, mm, you had to be there. <sighs> Stephanie is wearing white and black. Black suspenders, white shirt, black and white striped socks, black and white striped barrette thing in her hair. It makes me think of, well, I'm not going to say Cruella DeVille, but if the stripes were spots, I'd say she looks like a Dalmatian. So Stephanie goes to sit down at the table and Jesse says, Steph, let me tell you a little story. When I was young, kids used to tease me all the time. They called me Zorba the Geek. And of course, here comes Joey with the <laughs> Zorba the Geek. I can see it. I can totally picture that. Jesse said, you know, this is probably about the time that Jesse was maybe transitioning from a, you know, preteen 10-year-old into a 13-year-old awkward face, which is your body's developing at a different rate. Your ears are going to be bigger than your head. Your nose is going to be bigger than your face. You know, all of this that Jesse is saying. And he says, well, it's basically, you know, I'm Mr. Potato Head. Yeah, eventually give it a few years till you're like 16, 17, your body eventually is going to even out and your ears aren't going to look nearly as big. I mean, Laura Ingalls from Little House on the Prairie, she eventually grew into her teeth. That's, it happens. You do. You get older. Teddy grew into his teeth. Exactly. It's, tra I call it, I call it the transition period. 
of puberty is just a, a time of transition where you're not a young little tot anymore. You're on the verge of adulthood, but you're not. You're in that awkward stage between the age of 12 to 18, 17, 18 years old. It's, it's a long, rough road. That's why Elizabeth Perkins in the movie Big said, you know, I, I've been down that road before when she's talking to Josh, who is a 30-year-old man in a, with a 13-year-old mind. You know, he's his 13-year-old self, but you know what I mean. She's like, I, I've been there before. Do you get it? And he just kind of looks at her blankly and she's like, you don't get it. Well, of course, because he's 13. He's not like 35 looking back and go, oh, those teenage years were tough. Nobody, I don't think anybody on their, nobody would, I don't think anybody, if offered a million dollars, would want to go back and relive their 13-year-old self. And, and I don't mean reliving from the time that you actually were that age. I mean just in general. I definitely would not want to be a teenager going through all of that right now. And the look that Jesse again gives Joey, like, you're not helping. And Jesse shut. Joey shuts right up. He's like, uh, kids can be so cruel. And Stephanie can't believe it. She said, Uncle Jesse, you were a geek? He's like, yeah, let me tell you. Because he said, he pulls out a chair, sits right next to her. He's like, let me tell you, when I turned 13, my body completely flipped out. Yeah, he says, my nose outgrew my face, my ears outgrew my nose. I was your basic Mr. Potato Head. And Joey again jumps in with, well, before you were a stud, you were a spud. <laughs> Finally, Joe, Jesse sends Joey, like, you're not, and even Joey's like, I'm not helping him. Because Jesse kind of lightly smacks Joey on the face and points like, okay, out, go, 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 go. And Joey, as he goes to leave... Tell Steph, listen to your Uncle Jess. Like, he's speaking from experience. So, I like that Jesse gets real with Steph. He says, Steph, the point that I'm trying to make is those kids really hurt my feelings. And I think I can understand where Walter is coming from. And I think that you do need to call him and apologize. Why does she necessarily have to call him and apologize on the phone? Well, make it more personal, I get I mean, she could just, like, well, I'll apologize the next day. But then again, I mean, I'm sure Jesse's like, no, we're going to do this right now so I can make sure you apologize. Stephanie is just incredulous. Like, me? Called Duckface? And Jesse's like, yes, you called Duckface. I, I mean Walter. Oh my gosh, Daddy, I'm so happy to see you. She jumps out of that chair soon. It's like, Daddy, save me. Uncle Jesse wants me to call Walter Duckface and apologize. This is where we get the Dorothy was right. There is no place like home. Hey, here's how Stephanie starts out with this. She says, just because I tease Duckface at school, Uncle Jesse makes me is making me call him and apologizing or to apologize. And Danny looks at Jesse like, oh, that like it's almost like a meeting of the minds. Like, okay, that was good advice, and he. Because he's holding Stephanie, who, honestly, at eight, isn't she a little bit too old to be jumping into her daddy's arms? I don't know. But 
He says, honey, you know it's wrong to hurt somebody's feelings. And he tells Stephanie, I think your Uncle Jesse is handling this just right. He said Stephanie down. She says, okay, I'll call Walter and apologize. And then I'm in, I'll invite him over some, some for some soup and quackers. And of course, she's just cracking up at her own joke. <laughs> I kill myself. Both Jesse and Danny at the same time are like, Stephanie. And she's like, okay, I just had to get it out of my system one last time. So Jesse follows Stephanie upstairs and says, I have to go track down Duckface. I mean, Walter's phone number. Because it's not like they got a school directory with all the phone numbers. I mean, how are they probably, okay, his last name's Berman. Let me pull out the phone book. Wow, there's a lot of Bermans in San Francisco. My God, I guess we're just going to have to start at the top and like work our way down until we get to the bottom of the list. I'm home. I got kept after school. I had to sit at my desk with my head down and the lights off. And I wasn't allowed to say a word for 15 minutes. That's a new record for me. <laughs> See you, boys. Stephanie. Well, come back here, young lady. Oh, Steph, why were you kept after school? Well, some kids were calling Walter Berman Duckface. Hold it. Were you one of these some kids? It wasn't only me, it was the whole class. That's no excuse, young lady. Well, if you saw Walter, you'd call him Duckface, too. He's always making these duck lips. <laughs> Kid sounds like a quack-up. <laughs> you should have seen it. The whole class was going quack, 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 quack. <laughs> well, he had to be there. <clears throat> Stephanie, let me tell you a little story about your Uncle Jesse. When I was a kid, everybody used to tease me. They called me Zorba the Geek. <laughs> Zorba the Geek. <laughs> Kids can be so cruel. Uncle Jesse, you were a geek? Now, let me tell you something. The day I turned 13, my body flipped out. My nose outgrew my face, my ears outgrew my nose. That was your basic Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> So before you were a stud, you were a spud. <laughs> I'm not helping, am I? Listen to your Uncle Jess. Steph, the point I'm trying to make is that those kids really hurt my feelings. So I know how Walter feels, and I think it would be a good idea if you call him and apologize. Me? Call Duckface? Yes, you call Duckface. Walter. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Dad, I'm so happy to see you. <laughs> Aww. Dorothy was right. There's no place like home. Just because I tease Duckface at school, Uncle Jesse is making me call him. Honey, you know it's wrong to hurt someone's feelings. I think your Uncle Jesse's handling this just right. Okay, I'll call Walter and tell him I'm sorry. Then I'll invite him over for some soup and quackers. <laughs> I kill myself. Stephanie. Sorry, I had to get it out of my system. I want to go track down Duckface Walter's phone number. Hey, Danny. So here's where we get plot B, where Danny is saying Becky's out of town tomorrow, so I need to find someone to kind of sub in for her. And he really drags it out. Oh, <laughs> like, hey, do you think, Joey, do you know anybody who could do that? Like, really, that would really help me out. 
Yeah, it's like, hey, Joey, you got any ideas? And Joey says, yeah, me. I mean, this works out perfect. I'm headlining at the Laugh Machine. I could really use the publicity. So Joey starts really schmoozing Danny. Like, oh, here, let me help you take your jacket off. Here, let me pull this chair out for you. Here. Oh, here, let me rub your shoulders. You look tense. I'll give you a massage. <laughs> Danny says, oh, you know, I was really leaning towards that tall, pretty blonde that does the evening news. And Joey says, he's terrible. He's awful. And Joey just keeps on like, here, let me pull this chair out for you, Danny, since you sat down. Let me extend your long legs. You need someone, Danny, who knows you better than you know yourself. Like someone who lives in your house and helps you raise your kids. And Danny's like, yeah, but do you think Jesse would do it? <laughs> because Joey's like rubbing Danny's shoulders and he starts like rubbing too hard. Like, okay, Joey, relax. You can stop. I already talked to my boss. It's a done deal. <laughs> and of course, Joey's like, you could have kept me going. You would have wound up with your car waxed. <laughs> and Danny says, I, J Joey, I, I set it up. I talked with everyone. You got the job. Because <laughs> Joey says there's only one logical solution, and that's when Danny says, "Yeah, but you think Jesse would do it?" <laughs> he just—he's just having fun with him. <laughs> hey, Danny, what's going on? Oh, lots of stuff. Becky's out of town tomorrow, and I need somebody to co-host my show. You got any ideas? Yeah, me. This works out perfect. I'm headlining at the Laugh Machine this week, and I could use the publicity. Let me help you with that jacket. <laughs> Well, I was kind of leaning toward that tall, pretty blonde who does the evening news. He's awful! <laughs> Danny, you need someone who knows you as well as you know yourself. Like someone who lives in your house and helps you raise your kids? Hmm? Mm. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? There's only one logical choice. Yeah, but you think Jesse could do it? <laughs> easy, easy. Joey, I was just having fun with you. I talked to everybody, I set it up, you got the job. I did? Yeah. Great! Yes! You know, you should have kept me going. You were this close to getting your car waxed. Actually, now that I think about it, the whole thing with Danny and Joey is really plot C. Plot B is with DJ and Michelle and the whole little, I'm going to follow you around and write a report about you. That's plot B. So, yeah, here we are in the girls' bedroom and... <laughs> DJ follows Michelle in, and Michelle goes over to the animals that are lined up at the foot of Stephanie's bed on the toy box and goes to each one going, hello, 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 hi. <laughs> DJ kind of figures this report isn't going anywhere. She kind of goes through a list of everything that she's observed Michelle do. Like, this is her daily thing of what she does every single afternoon. She looks at DJ and says, Goodbye. Oh, DJ needs a break. She's like, okay, slow down, Michelle. Here, let's lie down and take a nap for five seconds. Which is pretty much all this nap is. <laughs> Only five seconds long. And DJ just thinks, well, observing you is supposed to be easy. Like, you're three. You don't go to school. You don't have a job. So she goes through a list of everything that Michelle has done. So far, Michelle has played with her animals and flushed every toilet in the house. So that would mean the upstairs toilet, Joey's toilet, Danny's toilet, 
I think that's it. Because the attic doesn't exist. Jesse and Bessie, Becky's place, they, they don't exist yet. That won't exist for at least another season and a half. DJ suggests they take a nap. And Michelle says, nap time. And DJ's just about ready to lean back as Michelle just closes her eyes for half a second. Like, nap time over. And DJ says, well, I feel refreshed. So Michelle runs through Jesse's legs out the door as Jesse asks DJ, hey, Deej, how's the report going? And DJ says, correction, where's my report going? flushed every toilet in the house. <laughs> Why don't we take a nap? Okay, nap time. Bless you. <sighs> nap over. Five seconds. I'm done. I feel refreshed. Just a game. Boom. How's your report going, Deej? The question is, where is my report going? <laughs> so, after DJ follows Michelle out, Jesse grabs the lip phone, which has got a humongous cord on it, puts it at the small table and says, All right, Steph, time to call Walter and apologize. And then she takes on this, I've got laryngitis. I can't talk. I lost my voice. Or whatever. And then Jesse's like, Well, I guess we'll just have to go over to Walter's house and apologize in person, won't we? She's like, My voice is back. And he's like, Hallelujah. Let's get this over with. So Jesse says, trust me, Steph, you'll feel better, Walter will feel better, and we'll all feel better because, well, I came up with the idea. So apparently Walter answers the phone at home because Jesse doesn't even ask, oh, is Walter there? He doesn't say hi. He's like, oh, hold on a second, and then hands the phone to Stephanie. Stephanie says, Walter, this is Stephanie Tanner. I just want to say that I'm really sorry. And she goes to hang up the phone, and Jesse puts his hand underneath it, like, above where she would, uh, put the phone on the receiver and hang up the call. He, he says, don't you think you should mention what you're sorry for? This whole routine of, I'm sorry I quacked at you. She goes to hang up the phone and Jesse, you know, puts his hand right there. It's like, keep going. Jesse says, and? And then Stephanie says, and Cody Duckface and threw little pieces of bread at you. And Jesse says, Steph, you threw pieces of bread at the kid? He's not a real duck. Jesse tells Stephanie, tell him and he, that he's a very nice boy. And she says, Walter, you're a very nice boy. And apparently he says thank you on the other end because we don't hear his voice. She says, you're welcome. And she puts the phone right by her shoulder as she looks at Jesse and says, asks, anything else? And he asks, is there anything else you'd like to say? And then she puts the phone back up to her ear and says, yes. Walter, do you want to say hi to my uncle Jesse? And then Jesse's like, no, 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 Steph, no, no, no. Stephanie basically gets up, hands the phone to Jesse, and he's like, no, no, Steph, no. And she puts it right up by his ears. Hi, Walter. How are you? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. 
He's trying to get Stephanie basically walks out of the room after she hands the phone. Like, yeah, hi, Walter. That's oh, you have a snake, Stephanie. <laughs> and now Jesse is stuck on the phone with Walter. It's like, oh, you're snake and a mouse. Ooh, that's good eating, Stephanie. <laughs> Oh, great. Stephanie's basically, hey, you made me apologize. Now you can sit on this phone and listen to Walter. <laughs> All right, come on, Steph. It's time to call Walter and apologize. I can't talk. I've lost my voice. <laughs> oh, well, then we're just going to have to go over to Walter's house and apologize in person. My voice is back. <laughs> it's a miracle. Hallelujah. All right, Steph. Oh, trust me on this one. You'll feel good, Walter will feel good, and I'll feel good because I thought of the idea. <laughs> Hold on one second. Here you go. Walter, this is Stephanie Tanner. And I'm really sorry. Well, nice talking to you. Don't you think you should mention what you're sorry for? I'm sorry I quacked at you. And? And I called you duck face and threw little pieces of bread at you. <laughs> You threw pieces of bread at the kid? <laughs> Steph, he's not a real duck. <laughs> Tell him he's a very nice boy. Walter, you're a very nice boy. You're welcome. Anything else? Is there anything else that you'd like to say? Yes, there is. Good girl. Want to say hi to my Uncle Jesse? No, Steph. Yeah. Here no, he is. No. Hi, Walter. How are you? Stephanie. Oh, you have a snake. That's great. Stephanie! Really? He ate a mouse. Mmm, that's good eating. <laughs> so getting back to plot C, it's the next morning. Danny is ready to go. He has a schedule that he always keeps. It's like, Joey, let's go. Where are you? Joey is running into the living room trying to put a shoe on while also trying to finish adjusting his tie. And he's like, Danny, what is the big deal? We're not late. And Danny says... You know I always leave the house at 7.48. So Danny goes over... <laughs> Joey goes over to what is later called a barometer, which I guess has something to do with the weather. Yeah, because Danny looks at his watch. He's like, now thanks to you, I'm two minutes late. Not to mention he probably leaves a smidge early so that way... If there's any problems with the traffic, which there probably is in the morning, it's probably a nightmare. I would know because I'm normally sleeping at this time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, usually if you know traffic's going to be a bear, you're probably wanna, gonna, going to want to leave a smidge early, whether it's 10 minutes early, 20 minutes early. Usually in Michigan, um, during the wintertime, especially if... There's snow on the ground and the weather conditions are not great. I would leave, even though my job on a good day without snow was probably 15 minutes away, if that. I would leave probably 45 minutes to an hour. It's like, if I'm early, I'm early. But in the winter, you need you would need to leave early enough so that way if there's any issues, if the roads are really not great, like they're really bad, you give yourself enough time to take it as slow as you need to so you're not getting into an accident and rushing to work. It's like, and as they say, it's like, we'd rather you be late than something happen. Or they always say, leave earlier. Which, if you gotta leave 15 minutes earlier to make sure you get there on time, then do it. Joey just doesn't believe Danny. 
As he goes over the barometer and says, What are you talking about, Danny? We're right on time. He goes and points at the barometer and says, Joey, that is a barometer. I love Joey. He's like, well, in that case, we better get moving. There's a hurricane brewing. They have hurricanes in uh, California, San Francisco? Uh, Okay. I mean, I've never been, but I usually associate California. California, I associate with earthquakes. Florida, I associate hurricanes. And the Midwest, like Michigan, I associate tornadoes. Minnesota, I associate, you know, big giant snowstorms. Hey, let's go. We're going to be late. Danny, what is the big rush? Joey, you know I always leave the house at exactly 748. Now, thanks to you, I'm already two minutes late. What are you talking about? We are right on time. (laughs) Joey? That's a barometer. <laughs> well, in that case, we better get moving. There's a hurricane brewing. I'll get it. So, Joey answers the door, and this is our first impression, our first appearance of Whitby Hartford as Walter. He is wearing... These glasses really look similar to the glasses that Stephanie gets. When she first gets a set of glasses. They're round, bespectable, blah, 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 um, even to rival Harry Potter a smidge. And the kid has got brown hair and he's got a little side comb, you know, side part comb over thing going. He's really, he's got <laughs> the sweater vest. You know how Max and Fuller House loves his sweater vest. This kid got a again with a royal blue sweater vest he's got a margarine butter yellow button-up shirt underneath it and the kid is doing the duck lips i don't why am i calling them duck lips he's doing the pucker look it's something that the actor is doing that he normally wouldn't do because he kind of drops it later on I remember in this episode. Thank you. This is a week day. So <laughs> I always uh, am so irritated. Like these kids, they have so much time in the morning before school. There's enough time for people to drop by and have a conversation with you prior to school starting. Joey looks at this kid And says, hi, can I help you? I'm surprised you didn't say, oh, you're the duck kid. You're the duck boy that Stephanie was laughing about yesterday. The kid says, good morning. Is Stephanie Tanner here? And again, he does the duck lips. And Joey says, hey, Stephanie, your friend's here. And he keeps looking at Walter like he is so perplexed. Like, I can't figure this kid out. This kid is so proper and polite. He looks at Joey and says, my name is Walter F. Berman. Joey shakes Walter's hand and says, I am, my name is Joseph A. Gladstone. And Danny says, yes, and I am Daniel E. Tanner. Walter, oh, and this kid is so polite. He says, well, nice to meet you, fine gentleman. And Danny kind of, you know, pushes Walter forward. Well, you, you kids have a good day at school. Come on in, Walter. So they kind of, you know, they got to get to work. Apparently, Stephanie is very surprised to see Walter there. 
because she comes in like, Walter, almost like, what are you? So she didn't hear Joey shout, hey, Steph, your friend's here. And Danny even says, have a good day at school. So this is all taking place during the morning before school. And Walter says, hi, Stephanie, as he makes his way to the couch. And she's just like, Walter, what are you doing here? Walking through my living room. Sitting on my couch. And he says, I wanted to thank you in person for calling me yesterday. I'm like, dude, it's like 7.30, man. In the a.m. This couldn't have waited like an hour till we're at school. But, of course, he had his mom drop him off. He didn't tell her why. He's like, strictly business. Probably like, whatever, you can ride with your friend to school. I'm sure so she's taking the bus or someone's taking her to school. You can just ride with them. He probably stopped off to Starbucks. Like, I don't got to drop my kid off at school. I'm stopping at Starbucks. I'm, I might even get a croissant while I'm there. Is it, a, is, it, is it October yet? Is it time for pumpkin spice lattes? <laughs> he says, thank you. I wanted to come in person to thank you for apologizing to me. And Stephanie pretty much is like, well, it's just something I kind of had to do. Like, I didn't want to do it. I was forced to. <laughs> this is what comes back as he says, so you really think I'm a nice boy? And she's like, uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Damn it, why did you make me say that, Uncle Jesse? Dang it. Now he's gonna think I love him or something. Oh, and this boy, he takes this and he runs with it. He's like, wow, this is marvelous. I never thought I'd have a friend before, and now I have a girlfriend. And Stephanie is like, who? And he says, you. And she says, you do? Who? And he says, you. And the look that she gives him, this cross-eyed, I'm completely shocked to hear this. Me? Scooches right next to her, puts an arm around her shoulder and says, Walter plus Stephanie equals true love. Forever. 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 If you've seen the Sandlot, you know what I'm referring to. <laughs> he, he does the kissy... This isn't even duck lips. This is, I'm going to smooch your face. She even looks at his hand on her shoulder, which this kid is not about consent, apparently. He jumps right into it. He doesn't even ask her, do you want to be my girlfriend? He's like, you are my girlfriend. You're my girlfriend. My God, this is going to turn into Mark. He's going to turn into Mark Wahlberg from the movie Fear. And Stephanie is Reese Witherspoon. If you've not seen that movie, you need to watch it. It's amazing. I'm going to cover it on the Looking Back on My Wonder Years podcast, along with the movie Swim Fan at some point. Maybe next year. She looks down at his hand and then at him and asks, Forever? Like, she can't contemplate. It's like, Jesse, you had to go and tell her to tell him that he's a nice boy. No one has probably ever given this child a compliment in his life as far as it comes to his peers, especially a female peer. And the fact that he's probably never gotten a phone call from a kid at school unless they're calling him up and calling him duck face or something like that. It's just the fact that she reached out and called and apologized and took that step and he just, he took that and he went with it.
It's like, oh, it means she loves me. Oh, she thinks I'm a nice boy. Oh, I got to go over there in the morning and, and, and tell her in person how much I appreciate that she called me and apologized. Um, he's he just... Buddy, consent, consent, consent. I don't care if you're eight years old. Consent. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, can I help you? Good morning, Stephanie Tanner here. Come on in. <laughs> Stephanie, your friend's here. <laughs> My name is Walter F. Berman. <laughs> My name is Joseph A. Gladstone. And I'm Daniel E. Tanner. Nice to meet you, fine gentlemen. Well, come on in. You kids have a good day at school. See you later, Steph. Walter. Hi, Stephanie. What are you doing here? Walking through my living room, sitting on my couch. I wanted to thank you in person for calling me yesterday to apologize. Well, it was just something I had to do. Yes, of course. So you really think I'm a very nice boy? Sure, why not? Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is marvelous. I never thought I'd have a friend, and now I have a girlfriend. Better not say my name. You do? Who? You! No. Me! <laughs> Walter plus Stephanie equals true love. Boy, Forever. you need to back up. You are too close. Forever? <clears throat> so, of course, we go to commercial. We come back from commercial break. Stephanie immediately takes Walter's arm from around her shoulder. And she pretty much tries to set him straight here. Like, Walter, about this girlfriend thing, he cuts her off immediately. He's like, it's exciting, isn't it? Oh, and he is ready to shout it from the rooftops. He says, I can't wait to tell the whole second grade that you're my girlfriend. He stands up, pulls down his sweater vest and says, oh man, I feel four feet tall. <laughs> and the fact that he gets up to just leave. He doesn't give her, he doesn't even ask, hey, do you want to be my girlfriend? He pretty much says, you're my girlfriend. Like, you don't have a say in this almost. And it's just like, no, 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 no. Get your fanny back here, Walter. We need to have a discussion about women and choices and rights. Yeah, because Stephanie gets up and grabs Walter by the shoulder shoulder to stop him and says, whoa, 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 wait. You can't tell anyone I'm your girlfriend. So Walter doesn't ask, well, why not? He He's like, oh, I get it. So you want it to be a secret. And Stephanie literally latches onto this. Like, um, yeah, yes, we got to keep it secret. I'll be your uh, secret. He, he's like, okay, you'll be my secret girlfriend. Ah, yes. See, I mean... I get it that Stephanie doesn't want to hurt his feelings because she already called him Duckface and, well, everyone did. But, and I like the advice that Jesse gives her later. So he's like, oh, you want it to be a secret? And she says, yeah, top secret. And just the look on this kid's face, he couldn't be more enamored. He's like, ooh, a secret girlfriend. And of course... <laughs> he looks at Stephanie and asks, what does that mean? 
She says, well, it means we'll never talk to each other, we'll never look at each other, we'll never hold hands. She says, we'll be total strangers. <laughs> and Walter agrees to this. He's like, okay, but you're still my... And Stephanie puts a finger up to her mouth and says, shh. And he says, secret girlfriend. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. What? Mm. I mean, if you were honest... Even, this could even work at any age. An unwanted affection, attention from a boy you have no romantic interest in. And I get that Stephanie wants to tread lightly. Like, I already got in trouble from Holly and Duckface. What if I get in trouble for brushing off his affection or advances or whatever? But, yeah, she needs to be truthful. It's like, if you don't want to be this kid's girlfriend, you need to set him straight. Honestly, he needs to have a sit-down talk with Uncle Jesse or his father, one of somebody. Even Danny and Joey. It's like, son, I get you. You like my daughter. That's great. But there is a thing called boundaries, and you are definitely overstepping them. You don't make someone your girlfriend. Again, it all, again, it goes with consent. You can ask, but again, a person has a right to say no and not want to be your for Or even if she doesn't even really want to be a friend. I mean, she has that right too. Just because they're in the same class doesn't necessarily mean, I mean, she can be polite to him and nice to him, but she should have a right to choose. So she pretty much ends this conversation with, well, I guess I'll talk to you later. I mean, I won't talk to you later. Bye. Okay, okay boy. Yeah. He whips off his glasses as he says, you know what I'm doing now? Giving you a secret kiss in my mind. And he puckers his lips up. And, and Stephanie is just like, oh. Yeah, because when he does that and asks, you want to know what I'm doing? And he whips off his glasses and does the duck lip pucker. She's got her hand on the door, like, ready to boot him out of there. She, and she's like, I'm afraid to ask. He says, I'm giving you a secret kiss in my mind. And he zips out the door. She shuts it. And as soon as she does, she's like, ew, gross. And the thing, I mean, we even look at Stephanie's relationship prior to this with Harry and how she pretty much was calling Harry her boyfriend. She, other than them getting married, it's not like you saw them hold hands. She never tried to kiss him or say, Harry, why don't you kiss me or this or that. She was never, other than just saying, you're a boy and you're my friend, that makes you my boyfriend. But it just... Walter is coming on way too strong, and this just... If I were in Stephanie's shoes, I would be literally very uncomfortable. Well, about this girlfriend thing. It's exciting, isn't it? I can't wait to tell the whole second grade that you're my girlfriend. Well, hold off on that, bud. Oh, uh, man. I feel four feet tall. Whoa, whoa. Oh, I get it. So you want it to be a secret? Uh, yeah. Top secret. Mm. A secret <laughs> girlfriend. What does that mean? <laughs> well, it means we'll never talk to each other. We'll never look at each other. We'll never hold hands. 
you're still my <laughs> secret girlfriend. <laughs> well, I guess I won't talk to you later. <laughs> you know what I'm doing now? <laughs> I'm afraid to ask. I'm giving you a secret kiss in my mind. <laughs> Is this after school? Is this still before school? Because, like, literally, what time is everyone getting up? 6 a.m.? Because they have so much time during the before the school day in the morning to do all of this stuff. So, of course, we go back to plot B, which is DJ and Michelle. Michelle takes DJ's paper and is zipping around her room with it as Michelle... DJ says, Michelle, give me back my paper so I can write down that you stole it. And Michelle says, my paper! And she, you know, she's still in a crib, so DJ chases after her, and they come around the corner of the crib, and poor DJ bashes her knee right into the corner of it, which, that, and DJ, by the way, is wearing a skirt, so you know that's going to hurt there's no batting there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Like, ow! It just, oh, it's horrible. I feel bad. Yeah, we actually don't, we hear the connection of her knee with the side of the crib as she comes around the, the uh, other side of the crib where Michelle is. And she's holding her knee like, oh, ow, ow. And Michelle immediately remorseful. Michelle says, I'm sorry, as she hands DJ back her paper. And DJ forgives, like, oh, that's all right, Michelle. DJ looks to examine her knee. Looks fine. No, no wound of any kind, as Michelle asks, DJ got a boo-boo? And DJ says, yeah, I bumped my knee. And Michelle says, I'll make it better. And she leans down and kisses DJ on the knee. And DJ says, oh, thank you, Michelle. And Michelle asks, all better? And DJ says, all better. And Michelle says, okay, more fun. And she grabs DJ's paper and away she runs with it. Again, this is all taking place before school. I just noticed Michelle is still in a nightgown and slippers. What? What time is this family getting up? And what time do they have to go to school? Because Stephanie, oh, she is broiling mad as she comes upstairs and asks DJ, have you seen your Uncle Jesse? And she says, yeah, go check his bedroom. She says, check his room. And Stephanie says, if I wasn't so steamed, I would have thought of that. Michelle, give me my paper back so I can write down that you stole it. My paper. <laughs> Michelle. Ooh. Ow. Ow. Oh. Ow. I'm sorry. That's okay, Michelle. Let's hope you don't have uh, applications from that down the road. Thank you, Michelle. All better? All better. Okay, more fun. Bye-bye. <laughs> takes off with the paper again.
Stephanie is so outraged, which who wouldn't be? I mm. She says, can I come in? Thank you. And then she gets right to the point. You made me call Duckface, and now he thinks I'm his girlfriend. Yes, of course, Jesse is just sitting on the edge of his bed, on the side of his bed, lacing up his shoe. And Stephanie adds, he kissed me in his mind. Ugh. And then Stephanie also adds, if this gets out of school, if this gets out at school, I'm a dead duck. <laughs> and then she says, have a nice day. She whirls around and walks out of his room. Jesse said nothing. He just basically is still sitting on the side of his bed with a confused look on his face. I don't think Stephanie left any room in that rant for him to interrupt and ask questions. To plot C at Wake Up San Francisco, 10 seconds until they're on the air, and Danny's all like, where the heck is Joey? I mean, how can he be late? I drove him here. Here comes Joey, Joey rolling up with a donut in his mouth. Like, oh, sorry, Danny, the catering guy was late. What? The guy who, I don't even know... He's at a production assistant or something. He's like, I, he's shaking. I, I, I don't know. He's like, in four, three, two. And then, of course, Joey comes rolling in at the last second. So, Danny does the intro. Hi, I'm Danny Tanner. Rebecca Donaldson is on, a, on, a, on an assignment today. So, filling in for her is a man who needs no introduction. Because uh, he's not here. You can clearly see Danny's got his hands on the palm. His Palm of his hands on the top of his knees, just kind of like, killing time. Joey, where are you? I'm going to kill you. Where are you? <laughs> here comes Joey. Like, oh, here we go. Plops down in the seat, half a donut in his hand. As he apologizes to Danny, mind you, they're on the air. This is so unprofessional. He's like, sorry, Danny, the, the, this wasn't my fault. The, the donut guy was late. Like, uh, Joey, you do realize we're on the air, don't you? Not to mention, I don't think they want you stuffing your face in front of the camera unless it's one of those someone's come to cook on the show and you're trying a sample of what your guest has cooked or something. I mean, they got coffee there, which, sure, you can take a sip of coffee, but I don't think they want you, like, scarfing down a donut in front of the camera. So Danny introduces Joey, like, hey, as you can see, we're going to have a lot of fun today because my co-host this morning is one of the hottest comics on the local scene. Danny also adds, and he's also one of my closest friends, and that's not just showbiz talk. This is Joey Gladstone, and Danny puts a hand on Joey's shoulder. And Joey, of course, says, oh, come on, cut it out. So Joey pretty much... Gives up the deets of his performance. Like, hey, Danny, did you tell the guests, the audience, the viewers, that I'll be headlining at the Laugh Machine this Saturday with this, or this, 
Yeah, I'll be headlining at the Laugh Machine this weekend with a special late show on Saturday. And Danny says, well, probably not, since we've only been on the air for 20 seconds. Yeah, Danny says, well, when Joey says, hey, Danny, did you tell them that I'm headlining at the Laugh Machine this weekend with a special late show on Saturday? And Danny says, well, probably not, because we've only been on the air for 20 seconds, and 10 of which you missed, by the way. BT dubs. So that's when Joey turns to the camera and says, yeah, all right, this would be a great time to mention again that I'm headlining at the Laugh Machine this weekend with a special late show on Saturday. And Danny and Joey both go, cut it out. <laughs> Danny introduces their first guest who wrote a book, Hug Your Way to Happiness. This book could not be more fake looking. It is just a generic golden yellow orange cover and it just it looks like those really um old hardbacks that you'd find in the you know 60s and stuff before what book covers like it basically looks like what a book looks like once you take the dust jacket off of it Danny also adds that he is my personal hero Dr. Ruben Weiniger. He's a hug therapist. Okay. I'll buy it. They have therapists for every, every, everything out there. So here comes Dr. Ruben Weiniger. He hugs Danny, and then he hugs Joey. And then Danny and Joey hug. You know what? This is probably where Danny got the whole hug it out scenario from. Okay, the guy who plays Dr. Ruben Weinstein, he looks like he plays the dad, Murray, on the Goldbergs. I gotta look this up. He might and he might not. So let's, let's, let's give a look-see. Let's find out. Uh, I'll just go to Full House. Alright, go to Full House. Check out the episode, season three, near for day, season three, episode four. Alrighty, righty, righty. Uh, is he not listed? <laughs> oh, there he is, Max Alexander. Oh, well, I am 100% wrong because this man passed away in 2016. He looks like him. I'll just say that he really, really does look like and I just like, oh, that does look like him. Oh, Dr. Rubin feels, he, he, he says, you know, you can tell so much by how a person hugs. And I can sense that there's something wrong here. Is any of you angry or, yeah, he's definitely like sensing tension and frustration just in the way that Danny and Joey hugged each other. Like, there's something preventing, yeah. And Danny, of course, sees us as a, yeah, it's just a, a, ther a half-hour therapy session. So Danny says, you know, there are just some things I'd like, you know, Joey to take seriously. Danny says, for instance, punctu punctuality as he looks at Joey. And here comes Joey, very hostile as he says, well, life's too short to be ruled by a clock. 
And Danny comes back with, well, how would you, how do you tell, how would you know that? You tell time on a barometer. So they're taking jabs at each other. And Joey comes back with, well, I'd rather be a free spirit than someone who polishes his shoe trees. What's a shoe tree? Is it kind of like, um, like a, a, a coat rack kind of thing, right? Or a hat rack. Danny corrects Joey saying, I don't polish them. I wax them. And Danny says, well, because even Dr. Rubin's looking at Danny like, okay. And Danny says, well, there wouldn't you wax your shoe trees. And Joey, he's like, from what? A woodpecker that gets loose in your closet? Basically saying, Danny, do you know how just, ugh, you sound? They jump into, they both stand up, Joey and Danny do, and they're flat out arguing. Mind you, this is being taped. This is, oh my gosh. Talk about being unprofessional. But luckily, Dr. Rubin here is here to help the guys hug it out. And Danny, Joey stands up, and then Danny stands up like, Joey, there's no reason to stand up. We're on live television. And Joey says, well, I think the viewers need to see just how neurotic you are. And Danny's like, like, I'm not neurotic. I'm not, I, I assure you, I'm not neurotic. And then Dr. Rubin jumps up. He's like, okay, okay. Like, didn't you read my book, Hug Your Way to Happiness? Well, we know, I'm sure Danny read it cover to cover multiple times, but I'm sure Joey, that's not his cup of tea. Yeah, he's basically having them hug it out. Just hug each other. Just get all your bad feelings out. You'll feel better. Just hug. So they hug, awkwardly, and then Dr. Ruben says, now say something nice about each other. Joey, could you come up with something a little better? Or is he like, oh, I think it's Great that you recycle. It's like, I can't think of anything. And of course, Danny can't come up with anything. I, I, I think it's great that you'll be at the lab machine this weekend, all this weekend, uh, with the late show on Saturday. God, they're not even trying. They're not even trying to come up with anything nice. Ten seconds. Ten seconds. Where the heck is Joey? How can he be late? I drove him here. Yeah. Any other room back there? Two. Wake up, San Francisco. I'm Danny Tanner. Rebecca Donaldson is on assignment today, so filling in for her is a man who needs no introduction because he's not here. <laughs> Sorry, Danny, this wasn't my fault. The uh, donut guy was late. <laughs> well, as you can see, we are going to have a lot of fun today because my co-host this morning is one of the hottest young comics on the local scene, and he's also one of my closest personal friends, and that's not just showbiz talk. This is Joey Gladstone. <laughs> oh, come on. Cut it out. <laughs> Danny, did you mention that I'll be headlining at the Laugh Machine this weekend with a special late show on Saturday? <laughs> Probably not, since we've only been on the air for 20 seconds. Ten of which you missed. Great. Now would be a wonderful time to mention that I'll be headlining at the Laugh Machine this weekend with a special late show on Saturday. Cut it out. Well, Joey, it's time to bring out our first guest. He's the author of this book, Hug Your Way to Happiness, and he is my personal hero. Please welcome hug therapist, Dr. Ruben Weiniger. Uh, 
There's a lot of love on this set. Thank you, thank you. You could tell so much by the way people hug. And I feel something's wrong here. Either one of you feeling hurt or suppressing any anger? Well, to be honest, there are some things I'd like him to take seriously. For instance, punctuality. Life's a little too short to be ruled by a clock. How would you know that? You tell time on a barometer. <laughs> I'd rather be a free spirit than a guy who polishes his shoe trees. Hey, I don't polish them. I wax them. Well, if they're wooden, you have to protect your shoe trees. From what? A woodpecker getting loose in your closet? That is really Come silly. on, How Danny, I don't believe you. There's no reason to stand up and run television right well, now. Well, then the people at home should know how neurotic you are. I'm not neurotic. I am not neurotic. Oh, I'm not did you read my book, Hug You Into Happiness? <laughs> oh, you know Come Danny on. did. Come on, hug! Come on! Now say something nice to each other. I think it's great that you recycle. <laughs> oh, jeez, Joey. I think it's great that you'll be at the Laugh Machine all this weekend with a special late show on Saturday. Oh, my gosh. So now it looks like it's after school because we're in the kitchen. Michelle is in her booster seat. There's this giant half of a club sandwich, and she is getting ready to go to town on it. Of course, we know that sandwich was most likely that was made by Jesse. That sandwich looks like two sandwiches put together. It's huge. That is a lot of bread, and if, I mean... I think bread is definitely a... You know, isn't that the saying at Olive Garden? Don't fill up on bread or something like that? Because you got endless supplies of soup and breadsticks or something? What is that glass... Little glass drink with the purple label on it? It looks like... It seriously looks like watered-down grape juice or some sort of vitamin water. Michelle takes a bite just of the top of the bread. She doesn't even hit the meat of the sandwich. So he takes, <laughs> he says, are we having fun, young lady? As he pulls his sandwich away, he says, this is my sandwich. And this here, this little half sandwich, it's, it's almost like he cut the sandwich in half and then cut it in half again. And it's giving her a quarter half of a sandwich. <laughs> Which, they don't look on the, I mean, I get it, she's three years old, but even still, I mean, and I know, what, little kids, they don't eat a lot, do they? They don't really, I mean, you wouldn't give them a full giant plate of food, but that's what she's got, just a sandwich, there's no chip, well, I mean, she's three. What age do you start giving chips, if you give them chips, maybe carrot sticks, apple slices, I don't know, not even a beverage to wash down the that bread. He says, capiche? And she, with her mouthful, capiche? So DJ comes home from school and she says, hey, Michelle, guess what? I read your report in class and got an A. I would love to see what that report said. I really, really would have enjoyed to, to hear what she had wrote about her sister. I'm sure she probably had to embellish a smidge, just... Let's see, uh, my sister likes to say hi to her stuffed animals, flush every toilet in the house, and I don't know, that's 
basically it. And she had to do probably more than a page, right? Or just a one page, not a paragraph. Eh. Sounds like the simplest assignment that a person could ever, a teacher could ever hand out. I don't, I don't have the energy to give you a real assignment, so let's just give you a throwaway assignment. Write a report on the person you admire most, or something to that effect. I gotta say, I love DJ's backpack. It's kind of like a tie-dye-ish two shades of purple with little, it's almost like kind of like space with the little stars, but it almost does kind of give a tie-dye feel. I really, I, I think that is a cool looking backpack. I would wear that backpack. So DJ high five, mini high five Michelle and Jessica, all right, so it's a good idea using the baby, huh? And of course, Michelle turns to him and says, I'm not a baby, I'm a big girl. Of course, Jessica's right in her face. Well, a big girl, huh? Well, excuse me, Ms. Tanner. DJ says, you know, she's right, Uncle Jesse. Hey, Michelle, I'm really glad I got to hang out with you. That was really fun. We should do that more often. And she also adds how, you know, since she started junior high, they really haven't had much time together. But even before that, how much time do you really spend with your sister? Either of your sisters. I mean, she was probably more often hanging out with Kimmy constantly than spending real time with her sisters. And Michelle, of course, with the audience. So, DJ, it's like she's trying to get all philosophical here. She's trying to get all, you know, personal on Michelle. It's like, you didn't realize you're talking to a three-year-old, right? She's like, so? You're like a little person now with feelings and... Yeah, she says you're sensitive, you're compassionate. And most, and smarter, smarter than most dogs. And Michelle takes her fingers and stretches out her mouth. That hurts. I mean, have you done that? I mean, who hasn't done that as a kid? Made faces like, yeah. That hurts stretching out your mouth like that with your fingers. Didn't your parents or always say, like, don't do that? Like, if you do that, your face will freeze or something? Yeah, so she does that and she sticks her tongue out. <laughs> and DJ says, but you still gross me out. <laughs> that sandwich is as big as her head. Are you having a nice time, young lady? This happens to be my sandwich and this is your sandwich. Yeah, sandwich is too much for Jesse. <laughs> upstairs here comes Stephanie with it looks like she's got a little contraption that keeps little bugs inside for 
She's going to be working on a school bug project. I guess that's where uh, some of her classmates are going to be coming over. So Jesse asked Steph how school was. And I love how Stephanie just so sarcastic. Like, oh, when Jesse asks, oh, Steph, how was school today? She's like, oh, just dandy. Walter still thinks I'm his secret girlfriend. She says, he was giving me kisses in his mind all day. <laughs> So Jesse does apologize that this now has escalated for Stephanie in a way that she does not feel comfortable with, even though he does say, but apologizing to Walter was the right thing to do. Stephanie asks him, well, if it was the right thing to do, then how come my life is a mess? She, like, says one nice comment to this kid over the phone, and he takes it like, oh, we're in love, we're going to get married, I'm never going to leave your side, I'm going to harass you i get it i mean i get it they're eight years old but even still it's like ugh, that kid needs to be told no 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 this behavior is unacceptable i don't feel comfortable around you and again i get it if they're seven eight years old you know i didn't read into it be like that when i originally viewed the episode because i was right around stephanie's age but, I mean, and I would have took it just for laughs, but it's just, now looking at it and just being on the receiving end of unwanted attention or affection when I was just a smidge older than Stephanie, I see this kind of for what it is. As he tells her, just because you do the right thing doesn't mean your life's going to be perfect. He tells her, you do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. And he asks her if she understands and says, now if Walter thinks you're his girlfriend, then you need to set him straight. You need to tell him that you're just his friend, but do it in a nice way. No duck face or duck lips. No more duck jokes. And she tells Uncle Jesse, please, no more advice. She says, I thought grown-ups were supposed to help you get out of trouble, not get you into it. So the doorbell rings and Stephanie says, those are my friends. They're here to work on a bug project. So Stephanie excuses herself, and Jesse walks after her and says, Steph, when you're done with your friends, come up to my room. We're going to have a little chat. So it feels like he's kind of covered what he wants to say, but maybe he just wants, I don't know, maybe he just wants to go into more detail or just kind of maybe even try listening to Stephanie and what is going on with her instead of, I mean, just hear her out and then you'll give advice based on her feelings because he's looking at it as so a victim of being teased growing up. So he's definitely looking at it from Walter's perspective, but you should also be trying to put yourself in Stephanie's shoes with now Walter is just become this has become a bigger problem than it really necessary. Where it started off as her teasing him, now he's giving her unwanted attention that is bordering on uncomfortability and just, it's inappropriate is what it is. I mean, yes, we all probably look, oh, it's cute, he's got a crush on her. It's, it's bordering on harassment. That's what it feels like to me. But then again, yes, yeah, Stephanie does need to speak up and just tell him straight. Like, 
I like you as a friend, but no, none of this girlfriend nonsense. Please don't give me kisses in your mind. Please don't put your hand on my shoulder. Please don't do any of that. And she just needs to say, this makes me uncomfortable. Hey, Steph. inside of them. 
Brian is just, he's the worst. He's like, oh, they're going to get married and live in a pond. And Walter, who cannot keep his mouth shut, is like, we're not getting married. Stephanie's just my secret girlfriend. Well, the cat's out of the bag, everybody. Oh, Walter, dude, I said keep this on the DL. And by DL, I mean don't open your lips about it. After he utters those words, he quickly realizes he's made a mistake. As Stephanie says, oh, Walter, I've had it with you. Get out of my house. All four of you. Every single one of you. Out, out, out. No, that's just, that's what I would, oh, I would be like, okay, you all need to go. Because I can't deal with this right now. Dang it, Harry, back off. He's like, so it's true. You are Mrs. Duckface. Harry, you've become a jerk. And I don't like that this is basically the last note we got to go out on with this kid. And they're all like quacking and saying, duck face, duck face, duck. Mind you, Jesse's come out of his room. I don't know what he's doing. Maybe working on another jingle. But he's seeing this. He's overseeing this go down. And I was actually thinking about this driving, um back this morning from where I went, <laughs> I was just kind of thinking about how Jesse doesn't intervene. And yes, maybe he could if it escalated to the point where Stephanie couldn't handle it. But he probably figures this is something that Stephanie needs to work out on her own. I wouldn't, I mean, if you want to say Stephanie's getting a taste of her own medicine here and maybe that helps her realize this isn't right. I mean, it is a family show. It's not going to escalate where they start throwing pieces of bread at Stephanie or something to that. No, 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 no. It's not going to get that cruel. Granted, yes, she and other students did throw pieces of bread at Walter. So those kids wasted their perfectly good lunch of sandwiches to tear apart their PB&Js were ham sandwiches and just chucked them at Walter. That is horrible. Not to mention a waste of bread. Stephanie cannot take it. She's like, stop it. Stop teasing me. I'm not a secret girlfriend. I'm not his anything girlfriend. Okay, Brian, you need to be sent to reform school or something, kid. You got some serious issues you need to work out. His hippie parents. Oh, my, they don't believe in disciplining this kid. I will get to that episode, Adventures in Babysitting, much later. But this kid's got a vendetta against Walter. I don't know what his deal is. But he's like, oh, yeah? Then prove it. Call him Duckface and throw him out. Like, dude, oh, get this Brian out of here. Get him out. I can't stand to hear his voice. He's aggravating me to the thousandth degree. Okay, uh, Harry, you can go too, because I cannot stand this version of him. Because he says, yeah, quick, before I walk out of your life forever. I'm like, you know what, Harry, there's a door, start walking, because I, I, I can't even with you right now. They destroyed, the writers destroyed this character of Harry in this moment. The handful of episodes we got in season two, he was a sweet boy. Yes, Stephanie did boss him around a smidge. But he was a good round character. But here he just comes off as a jilted ex-boyfriend. Stephanie, in a minute, she's going to get him back. 
she's going to get them back and turn the tables on them. I like Stephanie here. She doesn't... Sure, she can resort to what she was doing the day before, but she says, no, I'm not going to call him Duckface. Like, I'm not doing that. And then this girl, like I said, I think her name is Susie. She's like, oh, so he is your boyfriend. And Stephanie's like, says, he's not my boyfriend. And she goes up and she stands next to Walter. He says, but he is my friend. And Walter says, your secret friend? And Stephanie says, no, you're my everybody can know friend. And yeah, as Stephanie says, if you were my friend, you wouldn't tease him either. And of course, Brian says, why not? It's fun. Oh, and here comes Stephanie. It's like she's got a file on all these kids of everything they've ever done that was embarrassing that in the moments that they've gotten teased. And Stephanie's like, well, all right, let's pull out this file on Brian. Yeah, let's see. Remember when you got hurt at recess and everyone called you crying Brian? Yeah. How you like them apples. So, yeah, it's like Stephanie literally goes down the line of kids from Brian to Harry to Susie and just gives them her worst as far as their most humiliating moment. It's like she's putting them on the stand and, and exposing them for Walter to, to see. It's like, no. It's not good to, you know, see your worst moments displayed in front of you for, you know, just to be exposed like that. But going back here to Malachi Pearson, who plays Brian, when Stephanie reveals, you know, the time that Brian got hurt at recess and everyone called him crying Brian, I don't know what this kid's trying to do with his emotions, with his on his face here. It looks like he's starting to... It almost looks like he's trying to hold in laughter or a chuckle or something. Because next in line is Harry, and Stephanie says, I wouldn't laugh, Harry. Remember when you got that bad haircut and everyone called you Salad Bowl Head? Are they referring to... I'm just thinking of season two Harry... Well, yeah, he did have a bowl cut. Harry does not even have the guts to even look Stephanie in the face when she reveals that. He just, like, he's been holding his breath, like... <sighs> and, of course, Miss Susie here can't contain her laughter <laughs> through uh, the hand, her hand over her mouth. Stephanie goes up to her and says, what's so funny? Miss Milk through her nose on Parents' Day twice. And Susie is the only one like, hey. And Stephanie turns around to face the kids and says, it doesn't feel good to be teased, does it? And they all say, no. Stephanie invites Walter. She asks, Walter, will you stay and be part of our group? Um, okay, so I get they're all in the same class, so they formed this group of four kids, and I guess what was Walter most likely left out of someone else's group, so like, hey, you want to, since you're here, I mean, you may as well, since you're not in a group yet, why don't you join ours? Walter goes for it, he's like, I'd enjoy that, and thanks for sticking up for me. Stephanie says, sometimes you have to do the right thing. 
And this just, I mean, it's a good lesson, but it does give a smidge after school special feel kind of to it. And Stephanie says, right group? And they all say, yeah. And Stephanie says, good answer. Of course, here go- Jesse hightails it to his room. Stephanie is going to like, uh, I know you were watching this whole interaction downstairs. And she tells the group, I'll be right back. Oh my, mm, I don't know. How is I going to go with those three kids with Walter? I mean, we don't see it, but are they going to accept him or are they going to start teasing him behind Stephanie's back? I don't think those kids are 100% reformed yet. I really don't. I mean, she might have given them a taste of their own medicine, but uh, <laughs> what's to say they're not going to retaliate and uh, go after Walter? I know, it's not that type of show. It's not that type of show. But then again, we have no idea what took place while Stephanie is talking with Jesse. the door start walking thing anymore, so I think that's a thing that... I'll be right back. Jesse hightails into his room, hops, jumps on his bed, grabs the phone, and pretend that, pretends that he's on a, a phone call as Stephanie comes in. So Stephanie comes in and asks Uncle Jesse, can I talk to you? And Jesse hangs up the phone from his make-believe phone call. Says, yeah, sure, pal, hey, how'd it go downstairs? And she says, great, how'd it go watching us from upstairs? Like, I knew you were there. You're like, you're kind of hard to miss. <laughs> and he pulls her into a hug and kisses her forehead. Like, ah, you caught me, didn't ya? And she says, yeah. Uncle Jesse, I have something to tell you. And she turns around and sits in uh, his little chair there in his room. She says, you were right. It feels terrible being teased. She 
asked Uncle Jesse, are we still friends? What, did she feel like maybe because they were at odds about this whole Walter apology, you know, making Walter think Stephanie's his girlfriend and all that? I mean, did she feel like because she was angry with him and they were just at odds about this whole thing that maybe he doesn't want to be her friend anymore? And I like how he gets off the bed and he gets down on her level and he says... Stephanie, of course we're still friends. Why wouldn't we still be friends? And she tells him, because I got so mad at you. I was never going to trust you again. And Jesse says, as he points his finger at you, he says, Stephanie Tanner, you can always trust your Uncle Jesse. And I like that he says here, now I may not do everything you like, and I may even make mistakes once in a while, but I'm always going to be on your side. I just, I, I'm honestly thinking in the future, like the scene from Silence is Golden, that is a very big Stephanie Jesse moment where she feels like her trust in him has been broken. Also, the episode with um, Stephanie forming the band Girl Talk with Gia and whatnot, and Jesse managing the band and all that, and then those two coming to a blow, coming to a head about how things are done. Those are honestly, and this one is a key prime Stephanie. Not that cutting it close is another example of the relationship between Stephanie and Jesse. And I like the fact that all his relationships with the girls are very, very, they're different from each other because each kid needs something different from him as far as when it comes to advice. So I, I just, I like that. It just, honestly, I mean, Jesse and Michelle's relationship, it's cute and whatnot. And DJ, you know, goes to Jesse too from time to time, but it just seems like not nearly as much, but it just feels like these moments between Jesse and Stephanie are the ones that are just, I, I grab onto because they're just so, they're sincere and it just, I don't know. I just, I kind of like their relationship more than, you know, Jesse and Michelle's and even, even the Jesse and, and, you know, DJ's a little bit. I just, I don't know. It's just, it feels so he, he can be so real with her and just so, yeah. And Jesse tells her, I just want you to grow up and be the best little person you can be. And he continues, let me tell you something. Right then, you were about as good as it gets, kid. And Stephanie says, when I grow up, I want to be just like you. And this is so sweet because, yes, we do see Stephanie Aunt Stephanie have such a great relationship with her nephews, you know, Jackson and especially Max. They have just such a bond, kind of like Jesse and Stephanie did here. I really, really, I mean, she's there for Tommy too, but Tommy, is just, he's pretty much a baby for the duration of the show. We really, if the show of Fuller House had went on, we could have seen Tommy's personality emerge a little more. But then again, they only gave the kids 
you know, Dashiell and Fox enough lines that they could handle. And there really was not a lot of screen. You know, kids could only be on screen for so long, especially kids that are that small and whatnot. But um, I just think this is so, I, I love it. I really, really love this. She says, I want to be just like you when I grow up, but wear dresses. And she, like, jumps into his arms and he hugs her. He says, oh, that, no, that's a hug. It's just so sweet. I love it. She tells him, if everyone, if anyone else ever calls you Zorba the Geek again, you just tell them to see Mrs. Duckface. And Jesse says, duck kiss. And they pucker their lips. And, like, it's so cute. And he says, good girl. And they hug again. And she says, thanks. And that's where the episode ends. Really? Yeah. As I said, I hope you enjoyed the episode. I really enjoyed covering it. I know I got a little real here and there with, you know, boundaries and all of that. But I really honestly do feel that way when it comes to romantic interests. Not just at Stephanie's age, but at any age, consent is always very important. And there's just boundaries that you should not cross. You ask first. So I think I definitely, can we all agree, Jesse and a turtleneck, meh, and suspenders, meh, that definitely worst outfit of the episode award, I really think, hands down. If I had to give runner-up, I would honestly go with Walter with his, his sunshine yellow shirt underneath the royal blue sweater vest, just didn't didn't jive too well with me. It really, really didn't. Best outfit of the episode? Hmm. You know, honestly, I mean, I, I bagged a lot on Harry this episode. I really did because he left me very, very angry. However, his outfit was on par. It was very nice. Liked his new side part haircut thing he got going on. If we only didn't have to go out on Jerk Harry, I mean, if that, shoot, Stephanie was able to get them to turn around and realize what they're doing is wrong by kind of throwing their most embarrassing moments in their face. So, all right. As I believe I did say at the beginning of the episode, 
I will be covering four back-to-school episodes, two in September, two in October, and these back-to-school episodes are going to be bookends. So right now I did the first bookend, Nerd for a Day, and at the end of September I will do, be doing the back-to-school bookend episode, A Pinch for a Pinch. Yeah, we all remember Aaron Bailey. You thought, you thought Brian, yeah, was bad. Oh, Aaron is a billion times worse. And let me tell you, he does not get any better as the show goes on. He is still a miscreant with an attitude. So, of course, for September, I did want to cover Season 5, Episode 7, The Volunteer. This episode aired October 29th, 1991. DJ befriends an elderly man when she volunteers at a nursing home. Now, of course... What is that noise? Oh, Quincy. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it does not say here that he has Alzheimer's, the beginning stages of Alzheimer's. And being, and I looked it up because I wanted to save this episode for, like, an Alzheimer's day or something like that to create awareness about how serious Alzheimer's and dementia, just how important these diseases are and just it, it's sad if it, it is very very sad to see someone you you love whether it's a family member or a friend go through this it just you know it breaks your heart and I just thought I wanted to do this I wanted to do an episode like that and I thought this is the perfect time in September it's actually September 1st now um I did want to give you all a heads up I did say I would be going to a psychic on my birthday. Turns out that fell through, and just for good reason. Um, let me just say that I think God was protecting God was protecting me because this lady, I made an appointment online, and she said she was closed, and I had my mask on. And she said, "Well, I don't have my mask, and I also have just been." She was positive for COVID. And I didn't go in. I didn't go into her establishment or anything. But I'm just like, okay, well, then clearly this, in, my, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, this was meant to happen. And yes, it was a bit of a, but prior to, you know, it was a bit of a bummer afterwards. I'm like, okay, well, that's the second thing to fall through on my birthday because I wanted to go to Maple Bacon for my birthday. Dumb Dumb Me didn't look at the hours because they're only open till three or, yeah, three in the afternoon. But, I don't know, I don't know. It just, the birthday was good overall, I will say that. You know, Jeremy made me a cake, he sung me happy birthday like we do every year. And it just, it was good, despite those two things falling through, so... <laughs> yeah. After the volunteer, I will be covering for Dave Coulier's birthday, September 21st. I will be covering season one. I know, going back to season one with episode 10 entitled Joey's Place. It aired December 4th, 1987. 
Joey fears the family doesn't need him anymore when they give him a too joyful send-off, but in reality, they are planning a way to surprise him with a space of his own. Meanwhile, Jesse learns that Joey's job as a child care provider and housekeeper is not an easy one. Is it ever? Is it ever? Granted, I wouldn't know personally as far as the child care aspect of it, but can we just honestly give a hand to mothers and parents everywhere that are constantly making it work? Not just always, but especially last year with all the children have to be home and be virtually taught through a computer and everything like that. Yeah. So, before I go out, um... Oh, I didn't even do a Tanner Teachable moment. What's wrong with me? I'm sorry. <laughs> My mind is... It's September 1st, by the way. Yes, it took me, <laughs> like, basically a little over a week to finish this episode. Um, Yeah, Tanner Teachable moment is... Again, I'm just going to go with Walter and the boundaries, 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 consent, consent, consent. Yeah. And also another thing, I mean, Stephanie was using the excuse of, well, it wasn't just me, everyone was doing it. If, don't, don't go along with the crowd. I mean, she knew well off, it's like, it's not nice to tease somebody just because, and if everyone's doing it, it's like, that is not an excuse to jump in there. It's just, it's not. And the thing is, I think she did need a smidge of a dose of her own medicine to feel, yeah, it does not feel good to be teased. And it's just, it's sad that teasing escalates. As I said in the beginning of the episode, when I was going to school and I got teased, I could get home, I could go home and I could get away from it for, like, half a day. You can't eat, kids today can't even get away from it, like, at all. Because it's not, now that we have social media, Kids are learning a new way to just run through someone's name and they're running through the mud and just, just horrible, horrible things that I don't even think us as kids in the 80s or 90s, I don't think we were coming up with this kind of, and just saying horrible, terrible things to our peers that would just escalate to the point of, dare I say it, life and death. You know, my heart, honestly, oh, it goes out to every one of you out there who has ever been teased, you know, and even felt so alone in the world that you couldn't turn to anybody. My heart goes out to all of you, honestly. One clip in particular I do want to play, it is from season two of Silver Spoons. It's episode two, Attack of the Giant Frog People. Ricky has his friends, Jarek, JT, and Freddy over for a sleepover, but boys play a, the boys play a cruel prank on Freddy, and Ricky makes it worse with a selfish remark. He feels guilty about his behavior, while Kate over-identifies with the taunting. Real quick, though, I, I cannot remember if I had done the DVD case. If I haven't, I'm doing it right now. I always like to do the DVD description, see how it stands up against the IMDb, or the DVD box set description of the episode versus, or DVD case, excuse me, 
Please don't tease. When she mocks a classmate, Stephanie learns that making fun of someone isn't funny. This was good. It was basic, but it was good. Got to the point. To kick this off, like I said, Ricky's having a sleepover with Freddie and JT and Derek. And they were watching Attack of the Giant Frog People. And Derek and JT, and just kind of setting up the scene here, get like a dozen live frogs and they put it in <coughs> Freddy's sleeping bag. Now, Freddy is, he's kind of, he's gawky, he's awkward, I guess if you want to call it that. I don't want to straight out call him, you know, nerdy or anything because I, I find that word a bit of a, uh, offensive, so... Yeah, he Freddie comes out of the bathroom after the guys have poured these dozen frogs into the sleeping bag, and he climbs into his sleeping bag, and he's just laying there, and all of a sudden, he starts feeling the frogs, you know, climbing on him, and he's just like, ugh. And he quickly, he, he gets out of his sleeping bag and runs to the bathroom, and of course, JT and Derek were laughing. Even Ricky's like, okay, guys, come on now, that's enough. So, of course, the, Derek was the one who suggested they tape record this whole event of Freddy with the frogs and whatnot. And then when Freddy goes in, you know, locks himself in the bathroom, Derek asked Rick if Freddy is really, if, Rick, are you really Freddy's friend? Are you really his friend or are you just pretending? Mind you... That was captured on the tape recorder. Freddie takes the tape recorder, not having heard what is on the tape, but he locks himself again in the bathroom the next morning. And we hear him play the tape. And then Freddie comes out, and his face is, he is in tears. That's gotta hurt, you know, honestly, to hear someone who you think is your friend. Admit that they're not. Like, oh, he just thinks I'm his friend. Listen, Freddie, come on out. I want to talk to you. Oh, come on. Is or is not Frederick March Luther Carlman your friend? Derek, yes or no? No. Oh, God. So, yeah, in this scene here, Rick is feeling a little guilty about why Freddie left and the teasing and everything that happened. So, he's going to his dad and Kate and, I guess, kind of asking their advice. And this really hits Kate. This is a very highly sensitive topic. He's... Kate identifies with Freddie in her own teasing as a child. Anyway, uh, the reason Freddie left is because the guys kind of pulled a rough trick on him last night. 
Let me take a wild guess. Does this have anything to do with frogs? <laughs> See, the guys think the Chuddy's a nerd. And they get on his case a lot. Well, that doesn't seem fair. Well, he is a real easy target. I mean, he wears these stupid rubber things to keep his eyeglasses on during gym class. He has a plastic pocket protector with plenty on to just hide. I'm a living column. <laughs> Listen, Freddy is at a very awkward age. It's very hard to be different from all the other kids. They zero in on your shortcomings. They taunt you and bait you and start calling you names like string beans. <laughs> we never called Freddy string beans. What are you talking about Freddy? Board, or Carpenter's Dream. Or Noodle Bog. Kate. Oh, sure. They trick you into thinking that they like you and accept you by inviting you to their parties. But what happens when you get there, huh? They give you a gag gift like a padded bra. <laughs> and they point and laugh and say things like, it's, it's, what, it's what the fuck that counts. <laughs> and that hurts so bad that all you want to do is slink away and hide for the rest of your life. Funny, I had no idea. Oh, I'm not being personal here. <laughs> this is just a general example. Certainly it is. Yes. I would never have called you Noodle Box. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Rick, when the other guys make fun of Freddie, do you join in? Well, well, everybody thinks he's a nerd. And if I speak up for him... Yeah. Well, that'll make me a nerd by association. <laughs> that is no excuse. You should stand up for him. Well, that's one way to handle it, yeah. Meaning you wouldn't handle it that way? <laughs> Meaning I think we should offer alternatives and let Ricky decide how to handle it. What alternatives are there? To help ruin a poor kid's life? Guys. Kate, I don't think you realize that you're over-identifying <laughs> with Freddie here. I realize that I am saying exactly what I think. And I think you should tell your son to do the right thing. I think I should let my son decide for himself what the right thing to do is. Door! I'll get it. In this, in this situation, there is a right thing to do and a wrong thing to do. Am I right or wrong? Honey, do you see what's happening here? You're letting your emotional involvement cloud your perspective. Emotional involvement, cloud of perspective? Make up your mind, Edward. Are you a psychologist or a weatherman? <laughs> Got my shoe. <laughs> it's a question of moral leadership. You have an obligation to tell your son to make the right choice. Honey, I can't live his life for him. Your son asked you for help, and he's not here now. Doesn't that upset you? No, because I have confidence that Ricky will make the best decision for himself. So, yeah, Ricky admits that he did take part in the teasing as far as the whole frog scenario, and then admitting that he is not really Freddy's friend. And... Both Edward and Kate, you know, Edward being Rick's father and Kate being Edward's girlfriend, they get into an argument about how Ricky should handle this. Edward thinks that Rick should handle this on his own, and 
Kate, who's taken Freddy's teasing very personally because it brings up in her a time when she was teased as a teenager for being sort of gangly, flat-chested, and just people inviting her to parties and then giving her a padded bra because she was very, you know, she wasn't developing, which I can imagine, that's got to be horrifying and just traumatizing in itself. I can imagine the same thing here with, with Freddie with being teased like that. But Kate says Ricky needs to stand up for Freddie, even though Ricky's making all these excuses about, you know, Freddie being, you know, being a nerd and all that. And it's almost like he's saying he's bringing this on himself by how he dresses and how he acts and everything, which I think that it's just, that's just wrong. So, while Kate and Edward argue, the doorbell rings and it's Freddy. He forgot his shoe or shoes, so he was walking out in stocking feet, I guess. And the thing is, I didn't know, like, JT and Derek have been downstairs, like, in the kitchen having breakfast, because it's a sleepover. So now we are in Ricky's bedroom. He asks to talk to Freddy, and Freddy immediately brushes him off, saying, Hey, why don't you go talk to JT and Derek, you know, since they're your friends and all. So he's definitely putting emphasis on, well, since you said you're not my friend, I mean, why do you want to talk to me? So Rick apologizes, like, hey, I'm sorry I caved in to... JT and Derek and that prank that we pulled I'm really sorry about that me saying I'm not your friend that was just the lowest of the low and I apologize Freddy's never had anyone apologize to him and he is just so shocked at hearing this he even's like hey can we get it on tape <laughs> and Ricky says don't push it Freddy see and this is like I'm just thinking about how Ricky is just, he's apologizing to Freddy. Freddy's saying, okay, okay. And then Ricky starts getting after Freddy, saying, will you stop saying okay? See, this is why people pick on you. And Rick says, that's why people pick on you, because no matter what people say, you always agree with them. And Freddy says, you know, Rick, I'll try not to agree with anyone anymore. And Rick puts a hand on Freddy's shoulder and says, That's good, Freddy, because you know what? I like you. And I'm just thinking, This just feels like, Even though Rick's already apologized and everything like that, And now it's like he's trying to give him advice, But it's almost like he's attacking him in that advice, Trying to change Freddy. Like, Oh, you should do this so people don't tease you all the time. And you should... Change your behavior so people don't tease you all the time. So when Rick says, I like you, Freddy. And Freddy says, no, you don't. <laughs> He's saying it. And Rick's like, can you stop saying that? <laughs> and Freddy says, Rick, you told me not to agree. <laughs> Rick keeps turning around and biting his knuckle like, oh, this, he's trying my patience. I can only do so much. And Freddy asks Rick, like, Rick, are you just saying that you like me because you feel guilty? Which, that is, like, 
coming from from Freddy and stuff. This is a good um, self-realization. It's like, where is this you're saying you like me as, you know, where is this coming from? Guilt or is this you're being honest and truthful and you actually do like me as a friend? And Rick <laughs> says, no, I'm saying it because you have a lot of good qualities. Some very fine qualities. Uh, so many I can't <laughs> list them all. And Freddy's just looking at Rick like, okay, come on. I'm waiting. What qualities do you like about me? And the one thing that Ricky comes up with, well, you know what, Freddy? You're a very generous person. I mean, you loan people your money and your records and your clothes. Clothes? What? Okay, well, whatever. And Rick even sees in himself another quality you have that I need to work on, Freddy, is that you are very loyal to your friends. So Rick tells Freddy, you know, I think that JT and Derek will start to like you if you stand up for yourself. And I get it, yeah, it's all about confidence. So like, he could stand up for himself and they still would be putting him down because that's who Derek is. And the thing is with Derek and JT, it's like they're cut from the same cloth as far as almost a similar personality. That's why I think that's why they did get rid of JT later. It's like he's just a slightly less agitating version of Derek. So, Freddy says, yeah, I stood up for myself once and I got beat up. He got beat up by a girl. Oh, that poor kid. So, Ricky even gives Freddy advice, like, hey, why don't you throw something back at Derek and say, like, hey, Derek, I almost called him Brian. Derek, if you want to have a put-down contest, I'll take out my brain and then we'll be even. Or something to that effect. So yeah, here come Derek and JT rolling in. And they're like, hey, Freddy, if we'd have known you were going to come out of the bathroom, we would have saved you some breakfast. Gravy train, isn't that a dog food? Because, yeah, Derek's like, hey, Rick, you got any gravy train around? Isn't that dog food? Do gravy train dog food? Oh, these kids are cruel. Especially Derek. So... Rick keeps nudging Freddy, like, stand up for yourself. And, of course, he takes what Rick told him about the whole put-down contest and says, oh, Derek, if you want to have a put-down contest, why don't you remove your brain and we'll be even, or something to that effect. And it's like, oh, jeez. <laughs> you got the wording wrong. He says, you take out, Derek, if you want to have a put-down contest, you take out your brain and we'll start even. Actually, it was Freddie saying, should have said, he, he was, I'll take up my brain and we'll start even. So, uh, yeah. It's one thing to think, you know, he's trying to throw an insult, but when you turn it around and you're insulting yourself instead, it's like, that just looks bad. Oh, well, of course, Derek and JT start laughing. <laughs> what a jerk. And Freddie has had enough. He slams his hand on the table and says, stop laughing at me. Oh my goodness, and I'm just thinking, if it's if this were different and this were Full House, and Walter had stood up for himself, I mean, mm. but the character of Walter, because we do see him in a couple other episodes of Full House, in Doctor Egghead, or I think that's what it's called. <laughs> 
he totally slams Stephanie as far as because she gets picked to be on the Mr. Egghead show. He's like, that's not fair. They live in the same house. This is a fix. And he starts chanting, fix, fix, fix. I'm like, okay, that, uh, that, um, I thought you were friends, but now you, okay. <laughs> Walter just becomes very irritating in that episode. And I don't know if maybe that might be the last, uh, Walter episode or not. It might be. Freddy jumps up and says, Rick told me I have feelings, and I believe him. And of course you just see Derek and JT are just laughing like this is the biggest joke. Like, oh my gosh, he said he had feelings. Ah! No, they don't do that. They're just looking at Freddy like, what? What's coming out of his mouth? This is such a good speech from Freddy. He's like, all my life people have been making fun of me. They say, shut up, Freddy. And I say, okay. And Freddy says, well, it's not okay. I'm not a whip. And I like how Ricky is encouraged. Like, come on, Freddy, keep going. You're going, you're doing great. And Freddy says, I'm a human being. And immediately the audience says, yes, Freddy. Yes. Just cheering him like, heck yes, you are a human being. We are all human beings. And we deserve to be treated with respect and understanding. Of course, Derek is all like, <laughs> could have fooled me. And JT turns his head and looks at Derek like, okay, Taylor, lay off. No, because Ricky says, hey, Derek, don't talk about my friend that way. Yeah, JT turns to Derek and says, yeah, lighten up, Taylor. But yeah, everyone's turning on Derek, which rightly so. Derek asks, what is this, a meeting of the Bleeding Heart Society? And Derek is like, yeah, we've been making fun of this guy for years now. It's a tradition. It's like, that doesn't make it right. And then Derek comes back with, well, it's not my fault that Freddy's only talent is being a wimp. So... Freddie says, oh yeah, being a wimp is not my only talent, as he takes off his coat, and we see he's got tap shoes on. This kid, this has got a, Corky Pigeon plays Freddie, and let me just say, this kid really, wow, just blew me away, this talent, it's amazing. He does a tap dance routine right there in Rick's bedroom, and it's just so awesome. So here's the clip to all that. Listen, Freddie, can I talk to you a second? <laughs> Why do you talk to JT and Derek? They're your friends. <laughs> Listen, I don't blame you for being mad. What we did last night was pretty low, and when I caved into Derek and JT and said I wasn't your friend, that was even lower. But I want you to know that I'm, I'm sorry. You're apologizing to me? Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, can you put it on tape? <laughs> Don't push it, Freddie. <laughs> okay. Just accept my apology. Okay. Stop saying okay. Okay. <laughs> you see, that's one of the reasons people pick on you. Because no matter what they say, you always agree with them. You're right. <laughs> You're doing it again. 
not to agree with everybody anymore. Good. Because I want you to know that I like you. No, you don't. <laughs> yes, I do. No, you don't. <laughs> Will you stop it? Rick, you told me not to agree. <laughs> Are you just saying you like me because you feel guilty? No, I'm saying it because you have a, a lot of good qualities. Yeah, start listing them. A lot of them. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> A whole bunch come to mind. Really? Like what? Yeah, it's like I'm waiting. I'm just trying to arrange them in proper order. Uh huh. Sure. I'm ready when you are. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here it is. You're a real generous person. You loan people your money, your records, and your clothes. This other quality is something I need to work on. You're loyal to your friends. I, I guess I am. Listen, I think that Derek and JT would start to like you if you stand up for yourself. I stood up for myself once, and I got beat up. Remember Sally Stevenson? <laughs> Listen, standing up for yourself doesn't always mean slugging the other person. Uh, but what do I do when JT and Derek put me down? Derek is always making fun of me. Well, you've got feelings. Don't let him get away with it. Say something back like, Look, Derek, if you want to have a put-down contest, I'll take out my brain and we'll start even. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one, Rick. Well, here comes Derek and JT. Hey, Freddie, if you knew you were going to come out of the bathroom, I would have saved some breakfast for you. Got any gravy train around, Rick? <laughs> Look, Derek, if you want to have a put-down contest, you take out your brain and we'll start even. <laughs> Uh, I think it was the other way around, buddy. Uh. Rick told me I have feelings. And I believe him. <laughs> All my life, people have been making fun of me. They say, shut up, Freddie, and I say, okay. Well, it's not okay. <laughs> I'm not a whip. I'm a human being. Yes, Freddie. I'm going to play. I know I played it on the podcast before. Actually, if you enjoy the show, The Wonder Years, 
I do have my other podcast where I covered all six seasons of The Wonder Years. The podcast is called Looking Back on My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast. With the new Wonder Years reboot coming out, I will be covering that starting at the end of this month. So look forward to that. Also, the Looking Back in My Wonder Years podcast is more aimed at 18 and over. It does have an explicit tag to it, so just be aware. It's not intended for kids. And it's not due to really so much just, you know, raunchiness. I'm not like that. It's more like the language that I use, so it is intended intended for adults only. So the episode, of course, I'm playing a clip from is Season 2, Episode 15, entitled Square Dance. It's aired May 2nd, 1989. The gym class is engaging in square dancing and Kevin is paired up with Margaret Margaret Farquaad and the strangest the strangest girl in seventh grade. While Margaret enjoys spending time with Kevin, her presence makes Kevin wary of his junior high image. So we have seen I'm only playing the conclusion to show a difference in what happens when you do nothing, say nothing, to stand up for a classmate. We saw Stephanie stand up to her classmates that were making fun of Walter, and she announced he is my friend. We saw Rick or Ricky stand up to his friends to defend his other friend, Freddie, basically, you know, writing wrong and everything like that. And Stephanie, in a way, is also learning that it's not doesn't feel good to be teased, and she's defending her classmate against the onslaught of her other classmates' retaliation and teasing. Well, maybe not retaliation, but yeah. So the last scene I'm going to play from uh, the, one, the, the Wonder Years here is going to be where Kevin... Yeah, it kind of goes back to the whole quote-unquote... We can be secret friends. We can't talk to each other. We don't look at each other. You don't seek me out in the hallways of school. We just have nothing to do with each other. And the thing is, Kevin thinks Margaret is going to go for that. She has got, you know, three braids in her hair. She wears glasses. But then again, so does his best friend Paul wears glasses too. But she talks a lot about things that normal kids probably wouldn't talk about. You know, she's got her tarantula and her bat and all of this stuff. And she just, everyone constantly laughs at her and picks on her and stuff like that. And Kevin gets paired with her for a square dancing segment in PE. And he unfortunately can't stand up to the teasing. And when kids outright tease Margaret in the hallway... Kevin has a chance to stand up and defend her, and he chooses not to because he's more concerned about his image in junior high than standing up for a classmate who is being teased. So we could talk to each other, but not at school. 
a solution. Secret friends? Oh, yeah. Kind of. The funny thing is, I actually believe she jumped at the opportunity. You didn't want to talk to me? She wasn't jumping. Why didn't you want to talk to me? Well, I didn't say I didn't want to talk to you. You don't want me to talk to you? See, now she was twisting it all around. How can you be friends if you don't want to talk to somebody? Hey, 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 what's going on here? Uh, I don't understand this. What's so awful about talking? Hey, Arnold. It's like honeymoon time. Hey, Arnold, did you pop the question yet? Ha, ha, very funny. Hey, uh, Farky, uh, why do they call these things pigtails? It was horrible. I wanted to tell them to knock it off, leave her alone. And Margaret, I wanted to scream at her. Why did she have to be so weird? Why couldn't she just be normal? I wanted to say something, but I didn't. I couldn't. Duh. It was Margaret who did the talking. I thought you were different. day of square dancing <laughs> I danced alone maybe if I'd been a little braver I could have been her friend but the truth is in seventh grade who you are is what other seventh graders say you are If you want to have a voice in the podcast, if you want your opinion heard on the podcast, just remember this is a clean, full house, fuller house podcast. And also, like, if you want to tell me what your top five favorite characters from either full house or fuller house are, your top favorite episodes, top favorite worst episodes, how you would have written the finales, the series to finales, your own ideas, if your ideas for a season 9 of Full House, your ideas for a season 6 and beyond of Fuller House. I want to hear about them. I would love to see what you all come up with. So send an email to omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com or you can even send me a message on the podcast Facebook page. Full House, Fuller House podcast, just type that in. The Oh My Lanta Holy Chalupas podcast will show up. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast and you want to show support, all I ask is a moment of your time. If you can jump on Apple Podcasts and type in Full House or Fuller House podcast, again, the Oh My Lanta Holy Chalupas podcast will pop up. Scroll down and leave a review. Have fun. Use emojis. Every five-star review that this podcast gets helps it get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourself. So, with that being said, everyone have a wonderful weekend. And I will see you next week 
with Season 5 of Full House, The Volunteer. Bye-bye, everyone.